So you asked me, were there any topics that were off limits? And like, here's what I wanted to say is that mm-hmm. no, but I have felt like for the last maybe 14 years, mm-hmm. you know, random number yeah. that I've had aspects of myself that I've had to hide and no that matter. I don't feel like I can always be 100% myself. Although I pride myself in being the same. Mm-hmm. Like if you meet me now and you meet, I meet your parents mm-hmm. or I meet a donor or I meet like kids, like I think I'm pretty much always the same. Mm-hmm. I try not to say as many cuss words maybe, <laughs> which I usually fail on. But I, so, so I'm struggling th- with this right yeah. now. Like what, you know, like kind of after having been burnt for like mm-hmm. saying too much mm-hmm. or like, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but like where yeah, no, Renee Brown, who I love, you know, and she's all about like being vulnerable mm-hmm. and like all this. And I'm kind mm-hmm. of like, that's kind of bullshit because I was very vulnerable yeah. at work yeah. and I felt like they were like, we don't actually really want you to be vulnerable. You need to be a leader and a leader can't show emotion or cry yeah. or. It's really weird. I know. That's just a weird thing to like say. <laughs> like, like, like. I guess yeah. did they did they say it that directly or whoever they is? I mean, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, sort of. That's actually that's that's weird because there's like the leader as in like you actually handling the business, like sitting behind your desk and it's like, you know, this internal thing. But then like the you who would appear like in to the public, it's in your best interest to actually show that you give a fuck and that like you have emotions especially if you're like dealing with families and students and stuff like that like why why wouldn't people why wouldn't people want to see that you are a human being i'm just throwing everything that i've read and everything that i've learned and everything out the window and i'm just going to be like myself so like one of the things i was talking to this friend of mine about was like i feel like i have all these like hidden things oh i know it was there was, so, okay, so I started this really cool project with a friend of mine named mm-hmm. Elisa Gomez-Taylor. And basically it's like, uh, it's like a six-week course. I think we might have to extend it. But it's like a six-week course about everything in the music business that's not playing your instrument. So like, you know, branding, how to do a business plan, how to read contracts, yeah. like how to get gigs, how to build your fan base, um, you know, like all the stuff behind the scenes. And so I was telling one of the girls, cause there's, I wanted it to be women. And I'm actually like, I want to know your opinion about this mm-hmm. because I feel like, I, I feel like a lot of guys, like you already get like plugged in automatically. It's mm. like kind of like the bro thing, you know, where yeah. I feel like it's harder for women to kind of break into the scene. And there's always this like, you know, like sexual tension. Mm-hmm. Like, are you hitting on me mm-hmm. or do you really want to help me? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, so I said, I want to just do women. Mm-hmm. So, so there's four young women right now in this course. And one of them, I, she, she plays the flute. Mm-hmm. She's from Venezuela and she moved to the U S joined harmony project. And she's, and I was like, have you ever played salsa on flute? And she's like, no, but I've always wanted to. And I was like, well, I play salsa flute. And she's like, what? And it's like, I feel like I have all these little aspects of my life that I've had to keep a secret. Yeah. And I just don't want to keep them as a secret yeah. anymore. I just want to put it all out there. So, so this this thing you just said, the thing for just women, um, I any and honestly, the the only opinion I have when asked about like women stuff is that like I'm a guy and 
like most likely not having an opinion is like more helpful than like any of the opinions I could have. So no, I mean I disagree because well, in the no in the in the sense that like in the sense that like <laughs> that like I I don't even feel qualified to decide if something is or isn't helpful for women. And that like like I don't even know if I'm even qualified to be like oh well this this might be helpful for things that women are like battling in the workplace or whatever mm, like, like, yeah, like yeah, to yeah. even speak on it and, yes. be, and but that being said like from what you just said I feel like the only thing like what you could you could either do the program as a whole for women or have like a division of it right. that is just for women and then just you know teach everybody mm-hmm. but. In terms of like, should there be something exclusive for women? Assuming that there are, again, things I haven't experienced that like are relevant in the business world to women that like could be a make or break thing. If there are like many make or break aspects of being a woman like in the business world, absolutely. Why not? I mean, I think most of the things are applicable, actually. I just think it's harder for girls and women to break into the scene. Mm -hmm. And there's always, especially if you're a singer, You know, there's just, I don't know, there's just, you never know if they're, like, really interested in your music and your art or if there's some other thing. And I I just, like, so all the other topics that I just mentioned could be helpful to everybody, right? But I just feel like there were so many times in in my youth that I was like, is this guy really interested in me Uh, musically or does he just want to get in my pants? Right. And maybe you never know the answer, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but at least you can create some boundaries and, Mm -hmm. like, Make don't make some of the mistakes that mm-hmm. that I made in the past. That's interesting. Uh, the only way I can relate to that, and it does not come up as often as just like, you know, I think what you just said. But um, like uh, as a black person, anything that has to deal with optics, yep. I always mm-hmm. have to like wonder. It's like, am I in this photo because like I add a little bit more like spice to it? Or because, like, I'm actually really fucking good at what I do. Yes. So I, I have the same been there. Thing. But, yeah. like, in terms of, like, your everyday interactions doesn't come up as much as, like, I don't know, if you're at the grocery store and you're buying fucking apples and the person ringing you up, like, are they, why are they making conversation because of this or that? Like, like <laughs> it doesn't come up, like, quite, like, ne- not nearly as often as, like, just, like, all the everyday micro stuff that I've heard women, like, say, like, they just deal with, like, like, like basically motives behind why a person is relating to you in some kind of way. Yeah. Right? Like that's, and you don't, yeah. you'll never really know. Yeah, I mean, ever. I think that's, the, that's the thing that you have to just walk away with is knowing like you have to trust yourself and your own artistry enough to think, well, even if they do want to get in my pants, my music and I am worthy of, you know, what I'm sharing mm. is still worth it. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's tricky. That's tricky because, um, well, I, I think you just kind of showed some wisdom there by kind of saying you never know because the trap that you do fall in is when like, you you never want to like, you never want to confirm your own theories. In my opinion, like mm. like that's a dangerous game when like you just start confirming shit that like is not factual. Well, it becomes a self fulfilling yeah, prophecy. Yeah, but yeah, you're right, and it can. It, Honest, your mental health overall can be really fucking fragile once you start like confirming shit that yeah and and so i always um um my my like solution to stuff like that like if i'm in a thing where like i think my race is a factor or whatever mm-hmm. um i always say that like time will tell like like that's like the beauty of pattern is that if you like fuck with someone long enough 
the pattern will tell you like yeah your but how suspicion. long does that take exactly you know? exactly and that's why that's what makes it tough it's because like you don't, you don't know what waste your time like whether it's dating or working or whatever relating to someone type of way and then like for some people people find out years later that the right. person that they're you know relating to is um what, whatever you know might take months might take i mean some people most situations though like in like the first couple interactions most people show their ass like if they're you know, i guess so yeah. yeah like most of the time but like it, it it probably also has to do with um excuse me like something um like 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 th- this is interesting because how does that dynamic change as a woman as you gain more success in the sense that like mm-hmm. overall all successful people the more successful you get like the more people you have reaching out to you just overall asking for all sorts of things but does can you can you speak on that at all in terms of like as you kind of got more like known for what you you did and you know you know you were form you know CEO of of, of Harmony Project still are right or till June thirty till June thirty yeah. yeah yeah so like at, just as as it got bigger as you got bigger did any of that stuff change like I mean of course there's still going to be guys that are just no. fucking guys you know what no I, I still feel the same I'm not surprised yeah damn yeah. Yeah. I was thinking more of like as a musician, yeah. like as you get more well known and stuff, then mm-hmm. I think you, you know, you don't worry about it as much. But like in the very beginning, when you're just like meeting people and yeah, networking, just as a person, and right? going out yeah. to hear bands yeah. and stuff, and like, you know, you don't want to be like, hey, dude, like I just want you to know we're not gonna fuck, yeah. but I I like your music, you yeah. know. I don't know because yeah. that's yeah. very presumptuous yeah. as well. Yeah, it, it's. Uh... <laughs> But again, that that's 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 the tough thing about like confirming. Like, um, I, I would like to say that I'm I'm good at like reading a person overall. But like, what makes you, I think, someone good at that is like no matter how good you think you are, understanding that like you don't, you cannot confirm the truth on your own. Like, you can literally only just like look at this situation in real time and just wait for there to be like a very clear moment where it's like, okay, this is this. Or a lot of times it might just be like, yo, like I just heard someone like say this about you in like a different thing. And it's like, okay, well there, that, that's that, you know, I don't have to wonder anymore. But like, <laughs> no, no. Cause like, like, like if you're, if you're, if you were wondering that and then like a friend of yours, like maybe a guy or a girlfriend was like, yeah, like, you know, he was saying like how like, you know, he's like into you and like whatever that. And then it'd be like, okay, like now, I like no because yeah. like, you, you, like usually most people yeah. are not going to say yeah it yeah so they'll, they'll say it yeah they'll say it like like man there's so much shit I've heard about like comments on like me uh, like in terms of, like my race through other people mm. like so and so said like like I heard like yeah of course like I like as, as, like what what would well, you hear so so to preface that <laughs> I I've always wondered what it is like to be a white person in a room with only white people and a discussion about race I've always wondered what that's like 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 taking it off of my own bullshit i've just been like man that's gotta be fucking interesting that's That's funny because yesterday i was thinking about this exact same thing i was thinking like that a lot of times i'm the only white person in a room of you know people of color yeah and is that in a way like people do they feel like they can't talk openly because i'm in the room uh well i I, you you would probably know 
you'd probably but it also depends because is it a work situation where like you are like the highest ranking officer in the room and no mm. one can really say shit See, and I don't like that because that, yeah. I think that's been my my beef is yeah. that like I've always tried to be like not that, mm-hmm. but then people are like, well, you're ignoring your privilege, you know, or whatever, yeah. your power dynamic. And I just never really felt like that. So I guess, I mean, is I think in in any situation, isn't that kind of the case? Yeah. Where there's like yeah. certain privilege and, yeah. you know, power dynamics yeah. that are... I don't know. Okay, so 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 can we let's pivot at this moment mm-hmm. because I have all wait, these wait, things I want to say. Before oh, before okay. before we pivot. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm I'm bad at this in terms of just like <laughs> making it let let's intrude like for people who are it like up. right no cuz we're like deep into like fucking we've already discussed like this and that but to people listening the person that is like saying all this shit you guys know me Micah, do you wanna do you wanna go ahead and uh, introduce yourself? Sure. I mean, how do I introduce myself? I'm Anybody Micah Miller. Yeah. I'm Micah Miller. I'm from Texas. Yeah. I've lived in LA for 20 years. Yep. I lived in Mexico yep. in between, so I can I'm bilingual, bicultural. Yeah. Hola, mi gente. Yeah. I, I can I can do a better job than that. This, okay, this is, well, I think me. so. I think so. <laughs> this is Micah Miller. She hails from a small town in Texas, I believe, called McKinney. Oh, shit. Texas. You did your research. Oh, of course I did my research. Who do you think you're talking Anyway, this is Micah Miller. She oh is God. a oboist. Um, she uh, went to UT Austin. Hook em horns. Yep. For her bachelor's um, for music performance and then went to USC for her uh, uh, master's in music performance. And then, like, way later, which I, I you know, we'll talk about eventually, then got your biz- business degree from uh, the uh, Marshall School, the business school at um, USC. Mm-hmm. Um, the best business yeah. school. Yeah. You lived in Mexico uh, for about three years. You played with uh, Jalisco, that's how you say yeah, it? Yeah, Jalisco. Philharmonica um, yeah. de Jalisco. Yeah, and you freelanced a bit. What else? You're, yep, you're you're a yeah, Longhorns fan. You're a college football fan. You like you like all that shit. Yes. That oh, and of course, CEO of Harmony Project, like we mentioned earlier, for fifteen more mm-hmm. days or something. Yep. Ob- still, still, still playing the oboe, still playing the flute, um, and doing a bunch of other cool shit. But everyone, everyone who comes on here, like they they introduce themselves so modestly. So like I've take I've just taken it upon myself to be like let me brag for you. That's what I usually do too. Yeah. Like when yeah. I'm introducing people, I'm like, hey, this is Derek, and yeah. he actually he's like the best saxophone player yeah. that I know, and like to- you know what I mean? Because yeah. like yeah, you're right. People don't. It's hard to, to talk about yourself. Yeah. But long story short, yeah, Micah's done a lot of shit in a lot of cool places, and uh, so. I say all that because she's not just some like random fucking person. She knows what. what but she's I am random. About. I am. Some yeah, true. Random you are person. random. Yeah, yeah. You know that. That's funny. Well, you know what? Let's not even unpack. It. There's <laughs> so much shit we could talk about. It's just funny because I basically said that you have this knowledge because I aligned you with like institutions that like make people mm. confirm that you're knowledgeable about something. It's like if you didn't have those institutions that I named, like. Does that mean you don't? Again, that's like a whole fucking other. That's like that doesn't even fucking matter right now. But I just like realize like, you know, a lot of times we have to say like I went here or did this thing for yeah, you to it's like all believe. About, it, yeah, like, it's like I have a fucking brain. Yeah, that's yeah, weird. I yeah. never thought about that. You needed an institution to prove your worth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, because if you were like I'm Micah and like let's say you did all that stuff, but you're like I'm Micah, and uh, I usually go with like a number seven at Arby's. Ooh, what's the number seven? I don't know. I don't fucking eat at Arby's. I'm, but I'm just. Like, I love Arby's, dude. I've never, I've never had Arby's. I love Arby's, and I know that that's like, 
people kind of look down on me for that. Okay, speaking of Arby's, like, <laughs> I also love McDonald's. And maybe yeah. we could get, like, a McDonald's sponsorship or something. But, 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 I feel like I have to, like, shame eat. Like, I have to eat it in my car before I go into the office. <laughs> I'm serious. It's sad. Like, like I sneak it for my yeah. boyfriend because yeah. he'll be like, what'd you have for lunch? I'm like, I'm not telling you. Yeah. I'm, I prefer not to share that information yeah. because I fucking love McDonald's. Like, yeah. I love good. it. it there, you're, you're right. Something about, <laughs> may, like, dude, maybe it's even an L.A. thing, too. I don't know. Like, I haven't been here that long. But, like, like fast food and, like, junk food is kind of just viewed. I mean, everything's fucking viewed differently here. But, like, like yeah, I don't know. Cause, like, like it's got, more acceptable or it's less acceptable? Less. less oh, yeah. 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 Because, totally. like, I mean, there's, there's taco stands. You got In-N-Out. You got all this stuff that's like... You got the like, Whole Foods yeah, people that have like yeah. their little like, you know, yeah. couscous and right. lettuce and shit. Right. So They're all like, like healthy. You, you have a quarter pounder and people are like, why? <laughs> I get the two I cheeseburger the, meal, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that shit, that shit I, was like 50 cents in like the, the 90s. I, I just, like, oh, not recently, anymore, dude. It's like $8 for the meal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've heard. <laughs> I recently watched the fucking, um, what's the shit called? The super size? Yeah, yeah. I, See, I haven't watched it because yeah. I don't want to watch that. I don't want to know. Oh, it's, you know, it's ignorance so is bliss. Yeah, it's it's so bad. <laughs> well, in terms of like how much, like you could get, you could buy the fucking store for 20 bucks. Wow. Like back then, like, like but like literally you'd get like a cup the size of like a fucking like fountain in Italy. Like, like you got this like <laughs> big ass fucking cup. <laughs> And like, like they had like it wasn't even like large. It wasn't like small, medium, large. They had they like each one had like their own special names. We like small, medium, large. It's like the super like, big gulp. Yeah, big gulp. Supersonic big gulp. Yeah, uh, galaxy gulp. Yeah, everything's bigger. Yeah, you know? and yeah, but it, it would be like there were just no rules. There's just like as many patties and fries as like one could. I humanly... know it's disgusting, but yeah. I mean at the same time I'm guilty. But check this out. Yeah, like, did yeah. you watch Founder? The Founder? No. So it's about McDonald's and it's about like the two brothers who were like, you know, started oh, it in like, the, I think it was here. I don't remember where it was. The, the main character, dude, he was the, the main character in the, the bird movie. Tom Hanks. I mean, uh, Michael Keaton. The, but that, remember like the, the, the. Michael Keaton. He was the original Batman. I mean, he, not the he, original he, original. Right, but he, but... He, he's like the bald white dude that like yes. every time you see him, you're like, oh, that's him. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I believe. Yeah. Anyway, he's yeah. to me, he's like the guy that came in and like made it what it is, yeah. you know, you know, he franchised it or whatever. But like I kind of hate him in the movie <laughs> because I feel like the brothers got fucked over. Oh. And they did. Oh. I mean, they absolutely did. Wait, so is this did you see social network? This the, Yes, it's yeah. kind of similar is to it that. Some, but like basically burgers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and with burgers, like, you know, there's like a recipe and a way you do mm -hmm. it. I mean, I don't think that's the same with social network, although I guess it kind of is. But anyway, mm -hmm. I just want to say <laughs> shout out to all the founders out there because I just really felt bad for them mm. because I just felt like they they lost. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's, my, that's my own personal bag. <laughs> I, and, and can McDonald's? I just add something else since I'm sharing everything? Yeah, I have no more secrets. Yes. Um, I played the trombone my senior year of high school, mm -hmm. and then I played it in the Longhorn Band for a year, my sophomore year. And I wasn't very good. I think they might have given me a little leeway because mm -hmm. I was like an oboe major. <laughs> 
but yeah. like but like my happiest moment in in that time frame was like Paula Kreider who's kind of a famous band person she was like if I can hear Micah Miller on over everybody else in the whole band yeah. we got a problem <laughs> you know but like for real you really could hear me because I was like I wanted to play I wanted to play tuba yeah. oh shit I totally wanted to play tuba and then like get the sousaphone like yeah. down and I like oh. put it on and I'm like oh hell no it's way <laughs> too heavy it's way too hot yep just give me the trombone. And I feel like I learned, like I didn't learn mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. You know, like I knew that like the, the third lo- space was third position. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I don't think I could name, or maybe it was the fourth at this point. I don't even remember. But like I kind of just learned it. And so I, I kind of have an appreciation for learning by ear, but mm-hmm. then also like kind of synthesizing yeah. it. I don't know why I got off on that tangent. I'm just like exposing. Wait, but people didn't know you play the trombone? No, nobody knows that. Why? I mean, it was, first of all, it was 20 years ago, you know? Um, And second of all, like, okay, so going back to the flute thing, Mm -hmm. like, I always felt like an imposter, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I wasn't really a trombone player. Mm. I wasn't really a flute player. You know, I just always felt like this imposter. So it's like, I'm not going to announce to everybody I play trombone because then they're going to assume that I know how to play it. And I'm kind of, you know, I just play really fucking loud. (laughs) Well, that's what they do, too. (laughs) Shit. Yep. So also in, in just like, I was a dancer my whole life and that's Mm. what I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. So like, I wanted to go to New York and dance with Alvin Ailey. That was my dream because I felt like the ballet world and, you know, just, I I started getting boobs like when I was about like 16 or something Mm -hmm. and just the whole body conformity thing. I was like, okay, this ain't going to work no more. You know, like your teacher was like, well, you can't really do it anymore. So then like modern dance and Alvin Ailey and just like, you know, looking at people's bodies who are not like all the same. And so I went to New York when I was like 18 and I took classes and I realized I wasn't that good. Mm -hmm. So, um, (laughs) I was like, oh, shit, damn. Well, because, you know, if you're from a small town, and it was like, I was definitely, like, the best dancer in my high school or whatever. And so then to go to New York and then just be like, oh, shit. Like, this is a whole different, you know. And and at the same time, like, I wasn't devastated because I felt like I could fall back on my music. You know, that's also such a a thing to fall back on. Yeah. But I don't know. It was just weird. It was like, but then I, I mean, I still feel like a dancer, you know. So I have, like, all these aspects of myself that I no longer want to hide from everybody. That first note, uh, I've I, so I've had on a couple of dancers um, yeah. so far on the podcast. Yeah, and the L.A. dance scene is so much cooler than I think people, like, realize. I think because New York gets so much attention because they, they're, you know, that's, like, kind of where it was uh, born, if I'm not mistaken. But um, but they're more, like, like in the in the classical, like, it's more like, you know, Swan Lake type shit. Mm-hmm, and... Mm-hmm. and um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I mean, all the like movies and things I know about dance, like from a pop culture standpoint, they've always made dance seem super fucking cutthroat, but especially in New York, like, mm-hmm. it's like people are like, you know, toes are bleeding and shit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah. It seems a little freer. It's also yeah. a little newer, like everything on the West coast, you know, it's not, yeah. not as established. So, so you can kind of break the rules and what, do whatever you want. What is, what is that? This is kind of like a, a general question. Cause you, so at some point you wanted to be a dancer in New York mm-hmm. and then you eventually, cause you went to UT Austin, but then like eventually came out to the West coast. What, what is the, um, 
what what's that like the big city appeal from like coming from the south like what what is that like well okay so i think as an artist yeah. or as like somebody who's striving to be an artist like you're in a small town mm-hmm. and there's just nothing mm-hmm. you know i mean like like i said like mm-hmm. i was the best dancer i was the best oboe player mm-hmm. you know and then like so as soon as i could drive and as soon as my parents would let me mm-hmm. i would go to dallas as often yeah. as I could. So I took, da- I took like dance at the Dallas Black Dance Theater or whatever, Dallas Black, I think it's called. So is, is um, McKinney like everyone <clears throat> knows everyone kind of small? When I was there, yes. Yeah, okay, it's wow. not like that now. Okay. Like there was one high school, there was 200 people in my graduating mm. class. Wow. Um, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. it was a small town. Like yeah. I remember the first, like I remember when there was a Chili's that came in <laughs> and I like wanted to protest it because I was like, this is the beginning of the end. Yeah. It's going to all be chains. And like, sure enough, it is, yeah. you know, like now at this point it looks, it all looks the same. You go up 75 yeah. Central Expressway and yeah. just everything looks the same. It all blends together. But I mean, yeah, you, you want to be where the action's at. You want to be in the big city, yeah, you know, and like yeah. my whole thing. And it's kind of interesting because my boyfriend is from the Bronx, right? Okay. So we have these like opposite experiences mm-hmm. where like I want to live in the, in the hood, mm-hmm. in the inner city. And he wants to live in like Burbank, you know, mm-hmm. and we have these, he wants to own a home. And I'm like, I've never really wanted to own a home because mm-hmm. I grew up in a house. Mm-hmm. You know, I was fortunate to live in a house and yeah. he always lived in apartments. So I don't know. I just always felt like I had to be in a city. Like, I still feel like that. And so when I, I, when I went to Mexico mm-hmm. for three years, or it was about four, I was like, I know, I kind of felt like I hit a glass ceiling, mm-hmm. you know? And it was like, I was principal, I was co-principal, actually. So I was co-principal, and I just, I wasn't, there was no place to go, you know? Maybe to Mexico City or some other city, but I was just like, I want to be in New York or L.A. Mm. And I had been out here a couple times because of the Mancini Institute, mm-hmm. which is this really cool thing that lasted about 20 years from 1997 to 2007 or eight. Um, and so I felt like I knew some more people out here. Mm. The weather is fucking awesome. Was, was, um, uh, this the gap between UT Austin and USC? Well, no, the gap was Mexico. That was well, the yeah, gap. Yeah, like that, right. That was. This yeah, was but no. Gap. So this was like during college. So like in 1997 oh, okay. yeah. to age myself. Mm-hmm. I really, really wanted to go to Aspen mm-hmm. and I spent like the whole year getting ready, yeah. practice my ass off. I mean, I was practicing like four or five hours a day. Yeah. Like this was my goal. You know, I wanted to go to Aspen, did not get in. And I was like pretty much devastated. And then my teacher was like, Micah, I just got this call. There's this new like kind of jazz symphonic thing. They're starting out in LA, you know, it's like studio people, but jazz, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you know, they're looking for people. They're looking for oboe players, of course. Um, and I think it could be a really good fit. And mm. I was like, I'm, I'm there. I'm wow. going. And that pretty much changed my life. So that was my, I think that was my junior year. Yeah. And then when I went back to UT for my senior year, I was like in a jazz combo. And like, you know, I just blew the lid off of everything. Because I remember my teacher, the first thing he said, and it was Vince Trombetta. And, um, and now I'm blanking on the other guy's name, but I'll remember in a minute. Ray Peasy. Thank mm. you. Okay. And he said, play. He mm-hmm. said, just play. And I was like, what do you mean? Just play, yeah. you know, like just, what am I, there's no music. Like yeah. it just, it blew my mind, you know? Yeah. And he's like, there's no wrong notes, just play. Mm-hmm. And that just like freed me up in so many ways. And I wish that like, that's part of everyone's musical, yeah. you know, uh, trajectory. Can I, can I actually like, so uh, yeah. to, cause I feel like a lot of shit like in music, I'll make this really quick. Like, like seems like fucking mystical to like non-musicians. So uh-huh. cause like in the movie scene, like when the, we have that, like, Oh, just play, just do it scene. Like, people just like turn into like the Michael Jordan of whatever the fuck they're doing in that moment. That is not how that works. 
what this guy probably means when he says just play is that you have all of this knowledge and information in music and in the moment you're like trying to find like what specific route of all that experience you need to go down and he's saying like it's in there mm-hmm. but like you cannot like be thinking about it while you're doing it like it just has to happen like you know how to do it but it kind of has to happen but it's not like you you pick up the oboe and it's like yo just like playing some like magical shit's well, gonna because, happen because because you've always had a piece of music on a stand right right but but but, <clears throat> but, the, but like it's him basically saying like you know how to play music if like you have to like hum or sing something that like like because it's you ever notice it's so much easier to improvise if you're just like humming or like like just kind of like singing or whatever because it's just coming out. I never and, really thought about that. Well, yeah, because like because like once you start thinking of like playing Fingers something too, now you're processing like two different things, like the instrument and the music. But mm-hmm. with humming, it's it's like this bodily function. I've noticed like my improv, <laughs> my improv is so much better if I just like hum it because like I'm not thinking about like the mechanics of this thing. Yeah. But then like when you're sitting down with the instrument. If you're thinking too much, you're now thinking of like the instrument and the music and then you just get fucking frozen. Yeah. So it's like you you know there there is like a science or whatever to improv. Like there are yes. things to obviously learn to imp- improve at it, but most people with this extensive knowledge of like music, like or background in music, going into it can do a lot better n- just like letting go mm-hmm. and letting whatever comes out. Like, instead of, like, thinking, like, coming from this classical background, being like, okay, this thing has to have, like, a purpose and, like, a clear beginning and end. And But, like, him just saying, like, let it go and just, like, do it. It's not like this, like, oh, you know, I, I just, like, hate how in the, in the movies, like, it'll be, like, some scene where someone's, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. singing. They sound like dog shit. They'll, like, they'll sound like <laughs> fucking dog shit. And someone will, like, come in there and just be like, yo, just, like, be free. Let it go. And then, like, they turn in, they turn in, like, Win- yeah. Whitney yes. fucking Thank Houston. Yeah. Like, 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 but it's, yeah. it's, yeah. Or I was yeah. thinking, like, Wynton Marcel. Yeah, you know, or, yeah. like, hey, man, just play. And he's like, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. no, that's, that's yeah. not. So, yeah, yeah. it's just, I, I wanted to go on that little rant yeah, from, like, the non-musicians non- musicians out there that people. are just like, oh, like, is because, like, I get so annoyed when, like, people just, like, 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 they, they, so many people still think, like, music is, like, like magic in the sense where yes. it's just like like when yes. you like play like do you like uh like it's it's long story short it's so much less like conditional on the moment it's fucking training yeah it's training you know so it's like you were ready for that moment because of the years of training I, like some dude was like yo just like be free and like you turned into like this fucking monster of, like, no and i didn't turn into a monster and in fact yeah. it was frightening yeah it was like i mean i was like what you can just play notes like without muse i don't know it just it was frightening yeah. it was terrifying and i think a lot of classically trained musicians are terrified of this yeah oh terrified. It, it is it, 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 you know and it's like if somebody like i always hate like i'm always telling to, to my oboe student like i you know we've been i'm like she's playing some stuff like she played yesterday mm-hmm. by the beatles and i'm like look that's a great tune you can mm-hmm. just whip that out at parties mm-hmm. and play yesterday mm-hmm. you know because i always felt like people will be like oh cool you're a musician yeah. play something yeah. and then you're like what the fuck am i gonna yeah. play like let me get my <laughs> fairling etudes yeah. you know it's yeah. like so just to think like you can just play you know yeah. because we're so uh, yeah 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 so that changed my life that yeah. that moment changed my life and then when i w- went back to ut i started like like i said i played in a jazz combo i started improvising i started just playing you yeah. know so then when i moved to mexico and this is how i got in the flute is that i had just that movie buena vista social club had just come out and i was like floored by it i was like this is the most badass mu- cuban music basically and 
I was just obsessed, you know, and it kind of started from the dancing salsa, blah, blah, blah. And so I met the, I met this guy, Juan Carlos Jimenez, my ex-husband, and he was like, hey, we're starting a new band. Bring your flute. And I was just like, I'm totally going to do it. I don't yeah. play the flute, but I'm just, I'm bored. I have nothing to do. I don't know anyone. I'm 23 years old. I don't speak Spanish. Like, I'm totally there. And so I learned on the bandstand, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I had that experience not happen with Ray Peasy. Like, I don't know that I could have started on oh. this journey. Whoa. Mexico sounds like such a big commitment to me because like I'm from Baltimore, but from, <laughs> like being from Texas, it's like, yeah, let me just like walk on over. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, it definitely, I mean, looking back on it, it's mm -hmm. kind of crazy because like my senior, I had to do an extra year mm -hmm. for like, you know, some bullshit or mm -hmm. whatever. And so I drove back and forth to Monterrey, Monterrey, Nuevo Leon. <laughs> and it was like a six hour drive from yeah. Austin. So you're right. Like it was kind of like, oh, I can just drive back and forth. Yeah, yeah. And like, I just drove back and forth. And now I think that's kind of maybe dangerous. Yeah. I don't know if it was dangerous back then. I was just clueless. Oh yeah. Well, cause <laughs> this is, this is, I mean, yeah, uh, to some level, I, I, I like in my free time, like I'll like listen to like uh, podcasts or like stuff about like the the cartel sometimes yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, to some degree, between then and now, yes. Anything that's like not like a major major area is susceptible, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, and especially it's so up. by the by the by the border. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like that's where a lot yeah. of like shit goes down. And this is uh, this is a whole other. Because, like, as much as I love, like, TV shows like Narcos and, like, other shows that, like, talk about Mexico from the, the drug trade um, perspective, because it's just good fucking TV <laughs> um, or, just, you know, entertainment in general. But, like, they're, they're, it, the fucked up thing about that is, like, we there's nothing made about, like, Mexican culture from right. like, a citizen's like a regular everyday citizen's perspective um at least that makes it to the american viewer of course they're yes. making a bunch of shit that like is relevant like in mexico but like they don't they don't right. make anything for the american viewer right. outside of like right. the drug stuff yeah. yeah and it's pretty interesting because i my perception mm -hmm. was that it was um a, my perception was that it was going to be freer mm -hmm. and in some ways it is, but in most ways it's way more conventional, you know, like you live at home mm -hmm. until you get married. Mm -hmm. And if like, mm -hmm. it's very rare. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm talking about Guadalajara. That mm -hmm. was my experience. And it was a very conservative town mm -hmm. and you know, like people couldn't like, friends of mine couldn't go on dates. They had to like, you know, you'll see all these cute little couples mm -hmm. walking around holding hands and like in the little park and stuff because they weren't allowed to go, you know, you, you had to be visible. I mean, so there's just so many things. And like as a 23 year old American woman who was a little bit on the wild side, mm -hmm. they just were not ready for me. I mean, <laughs> they, I, I, and I wasn't ready for them because I just thought this is all going to be a huge party. Like, you know, it'll be so fun. Mm -hmm. And I was one of seven women I was the youngest person. And so everybody else was like married and, you know, like went home after the concert. One of seven women in the, in the orchestra. And out of how many people total? I mean, it was about a hundred, you know? Jesus. Yeah. 7%. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. yeah. And I remember there was this article in the paper. Actually, I should try to pull it up. It was like the women of Guillermo Salvador because mm. he was the conductor. But like looking at it now, it's like you could, I don't think you could get away with that. Maybe you still could, but the it was like of the women of, yeah. you know, the women of Salvador. Yeah. Even like the women of another woman that even that would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> it was right just now. like, we were like his harem yeah. or something, yeah. you know? Definitely. And then like, I remember like, they were like, 
when we would do the run out concerts, they'd be like, all the women sit in the front few rows of the bus. And I was like, fuck that shit. I'm yeah. going all the way to the back and you all can't tell me that yeah. I can't, you know? And like, yeah. they were like, can you wear nicer shoes? Cause like at the time I kind of wore clogs and yeah. I was kind of a hippie. Yeah. I lived in Austin, yeah. you know, like I didn't <laughs> shave, like, you know, yeah. and I, I feel like I became very feminine yeah. when I lived in Mexico. Yeah. You know, I changed like you, you kind of adapt to your yeah. surroundings yeah. and like even out here, you know, like I, I, I was like laughing, talking to my mom, I have a shrink, I go to the gym, you know, like all these yeah. things that are like very California, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, I feel like I became very feminine when I lived there because they just, you know, I think the expectations of women, it's like, you have to wear makeup, you have to look mm. put together, you have to look sexy and, you know, I, it just, I wasn't ready for it. It was a total culture shock, culture shock for me. Yeah, that's interesting because... What was your, what was your, probably a lot more accurate than someone coming from like, like the East coast. Cause you're closer. So you're in, you were probably interacting with actual people from Mexico while mm-hmm. living in Texas. So, but, but were there aspects of your perception of Mexico as a whole that were like flat out wrong, even, yeah, all even of them. though you were like basically right there? All of them. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you know, cause I had a lot of friends in Texas that were Latinos. I can't necessarily say they were Mexican. There were a lot of Mexicans, obviously, but like I had a whole circle of friends that was like very Latin American. And so, you know, we would stay up to like five in the morning, play music, dancing. And so to me, that's kind of what I was expecting. Yeah. And like, you go down there and like Sundays, there ain't shit happening on Sundays. Wow. Like you know, things close down at like 10. I mean, yeah, there's places that stay open later, but it just was much more conservative mm-hmm. than I expected. Mm-hmm. And there, there's like, uh, I only know this because the, the, isn't the music, isn't it kind of like divided between like country and like city? There's like, like, like in terms of the, the, the genres or style, like it's either like, like, how, how do I say it? Like it's either, it, it either has like a, a city feel to it like a more poppy feel to it or more like country like like the country music version of mexico isn't that hmm. isn't that like how the, the genres are like split up I, I you know what i never thought about it that way but maybe yeah, yeah. like, like mean, wouldn't like a band from like mexico city and sinaloa sound totally yes okay yeah yeah for sure like, yeah in oaxaca yeah. let's say like oaxaca yeah, yeah. oaxacan music and sinaloa and yeah. i mean they both have their own styles of mm-hmm. banda mm-hmm so, and and that's musically, but I guess is, is each like area kind of different in that regard as well? Like just culturally as well? Like the yeah. cities and then the country side areas? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I mean, like, yes, there is, and, and even all of Latin America, mm-hmm. you know, like the cities are one thing and then you go out in the sticks and it's mm-hmm. like very rural Older. and, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, I still haven't been. I mean, like, now that I'm, like, in California, it's just so much closer. Yeah, like, we got to go. Let's yeah. go. I like being close to Mexico. I've, I I don't know. I f- almost feel like I don't, I don't think I believe in reincarnation, mm-hmm. but I definitely feel like I felt at home there. And, like, I feel like I have a la- Latina soul. Mm-hmm. How, you know? how, how far are we from, like, the closest en- border entry? Oh, like, I mean, it's just on the other side of San Diego. So, what, like, two, two hours? hours? Damn. Three, maybe? Wow. Like, traffic? Wow. <laughs> That's insane. I know. We That's should insane. go. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Let's go. The, I would love to go. I haven't been in the, forever. The one thing about moving to a new place is getting used to like the things you are now close to. Yeah. That that's like 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 um I don't know, probably wouldn't go to like Portland 
or like, or yeah, like, Portland, like, I think like Portland's kind of far. Before, like in that, like, 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 but I'd like go two to, hours distance from yeah. LA, you can go to snow. Yeah, you can go to beach, yeah, it's crazy. Mexico. Yeah, like <laughs> Vegas is now like not a thing that like you would plan a like coast to coast trip now. Like not like not. Yeah, not. Vegas to us is like boom. It's just yeah. like a day trip. Yeah, kind of thing. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, New York used to be the day trip. Now I like miss New York, and I'm like, fuck, I should have went more. But yeah, <laughs> grass is always greener on the other side. Totally. Um, Anyway, fuck. Let's 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 because you're this is this is interesting to me because how so then obviously being born and raised here in the states and your musical experiences being here, then going to Mexico, then coming back. How did your experience in Mexico like impact just basically how you viewed fucking everything? Then coming back to the states and being a part of this scene. It was a major culture shock. Yeah. Like, I have to say that I, especially because Texas banned of football, it's really football, it's not banned, but football is such a big deal that banned is a big deal, mm. you know, and it's almost like in this way, like, you know, you go to practice before school, during school, after school, all that, you know. And so when I came out here, I had this really kind of weird job at USC through the, uh, the School of Social Work, mm-hmm. and they were doing research on all these, like, prevention programs, you know, like gang prevention, drug prevention, you know, anger management, like all these county programs. And we were like doing surveys with the kids who had been through them. Mm. So it was like the best opportunity to get to know all the areas of LA. Mm. So like basically I would drive out to these neighborhoods and interview these kids. And so I went to like Pacoima, Pomona, um, you know, Korea, like weird parts of Koreatown. I'm trying to think like El Monte, like I got to drive to the places that you never go to, you know, you mm-hmm. never get off the freeway. Mm-hmm. And so I just suddenly started thinking like, Oh my God, like they don't have any opportunity. There's no music. There's no stuff for them to do, you know? And then you see like these other parts of town where it's just very affluent. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you never really see LA in its raw form. Mm-hmm. And I got to see that in my very first wow. few years. So I yeah. was just like, I kind of had an existential crisis where I was like, why am I getting a master's degree in oboe? Mm-hmm. Like what difference is this going to make in the mm-hmm. world? And I was just like, you know, okay, music is my thing. I want to use music to, to, to make the world a better place, mm-hmm. to leave it better than mm-hmm. when I got here. And mm-hmm. like anybody who wants to play an instrument, that's, that's my role in life. Like I will, I will let make that happen. Yeah. Which I mean, I don't even, I don't blame you for having that mentality because like community work through music only kind of became like cool yeah. in the last like, 10 to 12 ish years like before then i feel like um and there still is that view now and where like uh your um anything that's not like playing at the highest level is like a backup and it's like no there's actually like people that are passionate about teaching like and people that are specifically like passionate about like teaching in areas where like perhaps they wouldn't have this opportunity as well so yeah um, which is like, like, again, if, if it's too musicy for non-musicians, I think really the, the fundamentals or the theme behind this is, um, in any industry, basically kind of like reestablishing an identity within that industry. And like, maybe you were always known as like a player for this or that you always identified as this thing within this industry, Yeah. but then going to this side, what, what was it? Was there, like, any challenge to making that, like... It's not that, like, you stopped playing, but then, like, being more known for uh, things like Harmony Project and that kind of work, was there, like, a... like a 
major shift, whether like internally or like how the world like viewed you or whatever? You know, (laughs) that's a good question because I feel like now part of being a musician is teaching. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I felt like back then this was, you know, 20, 20 years ago, Yeah, you know, it was like, if, if, you know, if you couldn't play, then you taught, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and I, that always bugged me. And I yeah. was like, why can't it be both? Yeah. You know? And I feel like now it's more like generally accepted yeah. that you're going to be yeah. teaching and yeah. playing. Now things are so <laughs> expensive. You don't have a fucking choice. Yeah, exactly. Woo. Yes. But I also do feel like having a day job, I always, to this, to this day felt like that limited me mm-hmm. and that people would look at me differently, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That okay, so so um, that probably because I, I said earlier I wanted to ask you this. What was it's like a two part question? Why the the biz? Th- that's kind of more obvious, but why from you personally the the business degree uh, in twenty sixteen, and then um, second. Um, hmm. Fuck it. Let's start with that one. Let's start with that one. Because no I'll one, forget no, the second exactly. question say, by the time I was gonna I'm say, talking. Like, I'll fucking forget the second <laughs> I'll question. I'll be like, but, what did you ask? Yeah, but like, but like, because you, you had already been CEO of, uh, of a uh, company for however many years, many years before doing that. So yeah. what, why, why the business degree like that into your career? Well, so I just always felt like a musician that was trying to run an organization, mm. you know? And I kind of was just like, I want to have, I wanted to be taken more seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like in a way people still thought I was a musician running a business. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I wanted them to think I was a business person. But you were doing well. I know I was doing well, but, yeah. it, but I, again, going back to your yeah. own bullshit in your head yeah. and like feeling, you know, some yeah. kind of way. So, and like, so like deserving it, but like on paper. Like not just like no. For me, it was like I wanted to have some of those skills. Yeah. That I, I mean, you know how it is when mm-hmm. you study music. Like especially if you just it, in your masters, mm-hmm. you're not, you don't mm-hmm. take to statistics. You don't learn about finance. You don't learn about um, budgeting and forecasting. Mm-hmm. You know all these kinds of things that mm-hmm. I had learned kind of on the job. Yeah. But I just wanted the like school behind yeah. it. So it was it was partially, yes, that like kind of like pressure and whatnot but like it, it was also just objectively helpful yes yeah. i want i just wanted those tools to put in my yeah. toolkit yeah. and then i also selfishly wanted people to take me seriously yeah and i don't it's funny because towards the end of this whole kind of thing i felt like the board couldn't say like we're not going to give you a chance because i had the mba i have an mba you know yeah. and so it gave me that like you know my dad would always say a sheepskin and it gave me that like you know like on paper like mm-hmm. you can't say shit about me yeah, now you I know i got an mba so kiss my ass yeah. um but at the same time uh, you know wh- it w- it was very interesting because i wanted to be in the program with the, with like the a people yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. like i didn't want to do the nonprofit business management right. or you know there's a lot of like really cool nonprofit mm-hmm. degrees and in fact there's like this really cool one that's like i can't think of the name of it's it like social enterprise mm-hmm. lab or something you did because you you did something on top of your business degree for like a year i forget what it's called but it was like a it's not a cert it was like a program or something you did for a year 
I've done like some other programs, like yeah. a lot of training yeah. things, like nonprofit, like developing development through ESC and mm-hmm. like some other stuff. Mm-hmm. But but no, I wanted to be like with the big kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wanted to be at the big boy table. Yeah. And so what was so cool about this program? It was the executive MBA. Mm-hmm. So you had like lawyers, doctors, um, you know, supply chain people. Uh, you know, um, oh. I mean, just the whole gamut. You had just the entire gamut. And I definitely I remember. I, I, did I tell this story about Pete Carroll already? Uh, oh, uh, tell it again. Tell it again. They, the listeners, the listeners need to know this. This is a great story. So my whole thing was like, I, I don't need to be the best. Like, obviously, like I'm coming in as a musician, mm-hmm. like I'm going to do the best I can. And I don't need to pressure myself. I don't need to make, you know, I don't need to be the best mm-hmm. period. Like just, just do the best you can and kind of go with it. You know, you had to make a C I think in order to pass. So I was yeah. like, let me just make a C or something. Yeah. And then, um, so I spent like that whole two years, like trying not to compete and trying to just like be cool and whatever. And then our commencement speech <laughs> was Pete Carroll mm-hmm. and like his whole message was always compete. Yeah. And right. I just, so and it's funny because like still I find myself like comparing myself to people and competing all the time. And it's like kind of this sick thing that I'm trying to like get out of. Mm. But anyway, that wasn't my point. My point was that I just wanted to be with all these big kids and I definitely felt like, okay, I'm a freak. Yeah, like I'm yeah, not normal. Yeah. I, t- I finally figured out like, you know, when you go to music school, you're around your people, that's your yeah. tribe. And like you, you get them and they get yeah. you. I was like, I don't get these people. They don't get me. But I'm glad that I did it, yeah. you know, and I'm really glad now because I feel like it it does make me more marketable mm-hmm. and I do feel like I have a, a different like skill set mm-hmm. than other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's very rare for people to use both sides of their brain. Mm-hmm. And when I find people like that, I get mm-hmm. really super excited yeah. because it's just it's yeah. awesome. That's really cool because like most of the music people I know that then go into the business aspect, like they go and get their their degree, they tend to lean uh so much more on the ladder uh when they come out like mm-hmm. like in that like i don't know uh, people who become like ceos of like orchestras and shit they, mm-hmm. they're definitely not thinking as an artist really like at all and anymore in that like um mm-hmm. yeah they get it, it can be it can be really really easy to get businessy once you've like gone down that road i think you have to frankly yeah, yeah. i mean i think there's certain compromises that you Mm -hmm. have to make Mm -hmm. in business Mm -hmm. that you did not ever Mm -hmm. want to imagine making Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know so i think i think it's just you have to you know you have to look at the bottom line Mm -hmm. you have to make hard decisions and like i said it's just compromises that are very uncomfortable uh you have to go into into detail Are, are there are there can you recall any moments that have been like super super difficult business decisions yeah yeah i mean the pandemic oh well fuck yeah Yeah. there you go you know i mean we had over 100 teachers Mm -hmm. and we cut down to like 40 i think Mm -hmm. um you know that was devastating Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. like i just felt like everything i had built over the last 14 years just disappeared Mm -hmm. one day and it didn't and like we still have a bunch of kids we have like 2,000 kids and but it just it just felt so devastating to me and especially now trying to reestablish those relationships Mm -hmm. it's like hey Hey, can we come back to your school now? Yeah, like, you know, it's yeah. just like things starting all over. And I just don't have the energy mm-hmm. to do it all mm-hmm. over again. And I also think that what I did mm-hmm. over the last 14 years mm-hmm. got us to this place, but now we need to do something different. Mm-hmm. It's got to look yeah. different. It's got to be different. Yeah. And I don't think I can that, do that. That takes, first of all, um, you know, pat yourself on the back for, I guess, being able to realize that even though you're the one, you know, on the, that way out, because... 
I feel like all and anytime someone in leadership like resigns or leaves, it's always seen as like a, as a bad thing. And, and like a lot of times, like it's like there is a there is a road that the company needs to now go down that like the person at like currently running it literally just like perhaps isn't trained to go down. Like I don't know if if someone's like uh comes from a certain era and like now like the company is trying to have more of like a digital presence or right, some shit right if they're just like not built for that it doesn't mean like they're they were bad or this or that like literally like this person at the helm is not built for the road we're trying to now go down and that's that like yeah. it's not i mean of course internally there can be this and that and whatever i mean people are always never gonna make everyone happy you know when you're doing fucking great but yeah. like like this the, uh, so so to give listeners context a lot of the programs like harmony project a lot of these programs came out um or or came into like existence around the late 2000s around, like around late may, maybe mid but main like a lot of programs came up around that 0809 yep. time and um you I was were just, actually before that we were 2001 Oh shit! Okay, so yeah. we were kind of b- yeah. before, and mm-hmm. then we kind of jumped on that train because that felt like our people. And that—that's well. So so yeah. So like the 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 like underlying philosophy behind all of this is El Sistema, um, in terms of uh, you know to keep it really basic, just using music as a uh, vehicle to you know bring a community together, uplifted. That's basically El Sistema. The from a philosophical standpoint um it doesn't surprise me that like la would have closer ties to that philosophy before other aspects of the area uh, country just because the demographic here Mm -hmm. um just probably more likely to have uh um because la has always been um kind of in the lead of arts as a whole being used as a voice to uh, make impacts in communities, um, or I would say maybe California as a whole. But that's interesting because I feel like it didn't really get to the East Coast, like definitely not early two thousands. Like I feel like like if anyone would have had it first, it'd, it'd be here. Yeah, I mean, so I I started in two thousand seven, mm-hmm. so that was like the year before Dudamel came, right. and I definitely we knew he was coming, mm-hmm. and I definitely was like, this is gonna change. Yes. Everything. Yeah. Like this is in in a good way. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like this is going to legitimatize mm-hmm. because at that point, think about like what orchestras and, and stuff were doing was like outreach, mm-hmm. you know, where mm-hmm. you would go out and play a concert. Mm-hmm. And like, I just hated that kind mm-hmm. of shit. Cause I was like, no, 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 no. We need to invest mm-hmm. in the community, not go play a little concert mm-hmm. and then bounce, you know, mm-hmm. and like kind of dangle the tuba in mm-hmm. front of some kid. And then like, Oh, you're never going to have a chance to play mm-hmm. this ever, mm-hmm. you know? So I was definitely trying to go deeper. Um, and so I started in 2007, and then that's kind of at the same time that you're mm-hmm. talking about, where this whole yeah. thing started taking off, and I met all the guys from the uh, NEC Abreu Fellowship, yeah. and you know, like your teacher, Dan, mm-hmm. who was already doing this work in Baltimore. So that's kind of like mm-hmm. when everything, like, you know, 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. 2010, where it kind of blew up. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> there were, so... And we were, so, oh, and we were really small until then. Okay, so, so it wasn't really like specifically Elsa Stemma no. until he basically came to the scene. I mean, you know, we jumped on that. Like I said, we jumped yeah. on that bandwagon. Yeah. I mean, definitely it, it orchestra. So my predecessor kind of brought the orchestra piece in mm-hmm. 
And then when I came in, I was like, it's not just orchestra, it's ensemble, it's yeah. bands, it's, you know, drumline. And it's funny because even still, I think there is a perception that we're a classical music organization and that was never my intent. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. how, do, how did that happen? Yeah, <laughs> well, because it's, it's the instrumentation. It's the instrumentation, yeah. Like, when totally. the fuck have you ever seen a timpani in like a non, like, you know, it, it's, it's uh, which I talked to uh, Dan, um, by the time this comes out, Dan will have already been a guest on the podcast. So people listening, Dan Trahey, um, he's on the on the podcast, and he's also a um, uh, started his own programs, uh, very similar to Harmony Project. Um, but anyway, I've talked to him a bunch about um, overall in uh, this stuff that like branding has like always been weak, mm. very fucking weak. Because I don't think I don't think musicians have. Um, this is why there's like publicists for musicians mm-hmm. and like marketing people for because like artists, uh, this probably like like most non musicians who have seen movies and TV shows with like musicians they like think everyone's like this like super charismatic rock star. Yeah. Fuck no. Yeah, that's no, the that's dude. the that's the exception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, like 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 we are introverted. Yeah, think I mean of, I'm not, but yeah. most of us are like very introverted. You know, practice yeah. in your room by yourself. Yeah. yeah, hours a day. Take like 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 literally the most opposite of like Motley Crue. And like you still wouldn't even be close to how inward, how inward like the especially like instrumentalists specifically yes. of all genres. There's it, I, not to be like blessed with that talent and also like the branding marketing aspect. Nah, but uh, to to your thing in terms of like oh people thought we were this and like because I saw that in all the programs and that like their message just no program in this lane really, really like clearly articulated like their brand yeah super but it's tough to do because like the the again it's it's the the meat of it is we are here in this community using music to do this to you know whatever but then like it's the branding that like makes yours different than like the one down the street and the one down that street. It's like, okay, that, that's what I, from my perspective has been tough for really every program be like, why is harmony project different than that one? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have an answer to that. Yeah, you want but to yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I'm fucking, I'm blabbering. But <laughs> what from, from your perspective, why is Harmony Project different <clears throat> than any? There's a shit ton of programs like this, not just in music, but in all over LA. So I think if you really want to create social change through music, it's it's really not the it's not the music. Mm-hmm. It's everything else. It's mm-hmm. what I call the extra musical stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And so how you have like wraparound services with all these other programs, like that's what I've tried to recreate. So it's you've got the music, you've got the you know your violin, your violin lessons, mm-hmm. the orchestra, intense music, but. In addition to that, you know, you have this this adult, this mentor who cares about you, who's going to be in your life for many, many years. Mm. You know, and that's unusual because yeah. usually in school, you know, you change teachers yep. every year. You might have the same teacher for 10 years. We also have like social support services because that was the first thing I realized is like we are not equipped to deal with. Um, everything that's going on in the community. You know, you give someone a violin, that's not going to do it. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to put food on, food on the table. That's yeah. not going to keep jobs. And, you know, so, so that's how we really started looking at it. And then, you know, we started this whole scholarship program. So then college access became this mm. huge thing. And then we were just going to give scholarships. And then we realized, well, not everybody knows how to write their essay. Not everybody knows how to fill out the FAFSA. Like all these things that you kind of take for granted, mm-hmm. you would think all the high schools have. No, it's, it's very um, varied 
it's very varied, you know, where you have some schools who have great guidance counselors mm-hmm. and some where the kids don't know how to write a personal statement. So we started doing personal statement workshops. We started doing interview, mock interviews, you know, all these things like to go to college. And then I remember like fighting with some of the staff at some point where it's like, well, are we a college access? Then we should just do that. And I'm like, no, 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 It has to go hand in hand. Yeah. You know, like music is the, 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 the door that opens you know, yeah, yeah. and then you got to have all this other stuff. And I know not everybody wants to go to college and blah, 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 blah. But I think it's a really good proxy. I think you, I think everyone should go to college because I had the most fun in college. Like UT was like, I just, that experience was great. You yeah. know, and you meet people from other parts of the country that you never knew. Mm-hmm. You know, you meet different types of people from different religions, mm-hmm. you know, and coming from McKinney, Texas, it was like pretty white. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it was diverse, but like most of the people, mm-hmm. you know, it was like Christian what do you call it? Like a wasp, white Anglo-Saxon mm, Protestant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, you know, it's like important to be yeah. exposed to different things. And yeah. this is my concern with El Sistema and that movement is that we're like segregating the arts, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, I think I might've said this the other day too, but like all mm-hmm. the affluent k- kids over here, you know, like your regular, like we paid for, for violin, violin lessons and Suzuki since our child was two years old. Like you have that world. And then you've got like you know, the social music, whatever, mm-hmm. social change through music. I want those two worlds to come together, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's an amazing group that I played with, and I, I think I think we're still active. It's just been a while, and we're all older now, but it's called Daka Hip Hop Orchestra. Mm-hmm. And the concept for me, this is what I want to recreate now. The concept for me was just perfect, because you have, like, these MCs, you know, rappers, dancers, singers. You've got, like, guys in the back, oh, yeah. DJs. Yeah. This, yeah, and then you also have, like, a full string section. Mm-hmm. You've got full winds. You know, you got a, an oboe. you got a tuba. And to me, it was just, like, this beautiful, you know, like, what Dudamel says, like, orchestra is community. But it was, like, it was beyond that, because it wasn't orchestra music. It was you had all these people from these different walks of lives, walks of life and making music together and like jamming and loving. And it was like the most fun I've ever had playing music, period, hands down, you know. And I remember there was this one bus ride where like one of the MCs was like telling me the history of hip hop. And I was showing him like the circle of fifths. And like it was just, you know, that's Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. Like, I don't want to segregate the arts. I feel like music has brought us together for for centuries. And now we're like trying to fucking segregate it. Yeah, that's for there's so much to <laughs> unpack in what you just said. So keep talking because I'm just gonna grab the champagne. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. So so for uh people listening, um the these kind of programs, um a lot of times like all you'll see uh from maybe like a parent perspective or just from like an outside perspective, like what you really see is um beginning of semester announcements and emails and like orientation stuff a mid-semester concert and then like an end of semester concert that's what like from the outside that is basically all you would see you would not see that like people that are working for these programs and like this stuff's like not in their contract but like a lot of times maybe you're dropping some of these kids off home like you know Huh? Right, right. Well, it, it depends on the program. I guess not, not Harmony Project. I just say projects in general a lot of times. <laughs> you know, there's been people where it's like, okay, like, fuck, like, this kid's, like, yeah, dad left or mom is, like, not like, showing yeah, up right now. Like, what ride. the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. And um, just little stuff that, like, makes these programs way bigger than the music, than, like, what you said. But <laughs> that's been my frustration is that, like, the branding and documentation of that outside stuff is so fucking poor. Like if, like if I 
we're starting a program, I'd hire, I would invest so much in the social media aspect mm. of it in that like i would have like i would i would make like a vlog with my program mm. showing like all that shit the good the bad i'd make fucking episodes going like super in depth like you know that you know that like like um everyone can relate to this right taking it out of music if you were in school at some point and like um you know your teacher like the day before was like hey like principals coming in to like observe you know like you know they do that once a semester <laughs> yeah, yeah. and everyone's asshole gets fucking tight for like one day <laughs> they're like oh i gotta like like because like you know usually she'd be like okay and once they answer number nine on a regular day no one raises their fucking hand right. but the principal's sitting in there and now like everyone it's like you know because like yeah like i hate this teacher but like i don't want her to get fired so like let's just like <laughs> let's like make her look good or whatever so like everyone's raising their hand on that principal day or whatever that's my analogy for so many of these programs mm. in that like on these concert days or whatever or like how we present ourselves it's like this like we have like our eyes dotted and t's crossed in like a way that like not it's funny because like that's what we think the donors or whatever like that's what we think needs to be presented it's like the bullshit on the day-to-day -day yeah. that like i would like put out yes there. me too i fucking yeah. love yeah. that me too like like this kid's being a fucking asshole today yes. or like the you know again like we said earlier like the parent didn't pick this kid up now we have to do this or like this kid doesn't have money for like lunch for this field trip or whatever or like whatever like, like yes. or even just like a lot of like a lot of funny shit goes down too oh, it's yeah, like not totally. all problems like yeah. <laughs> these kids are fucking hilarious too like like i'd i'd i'd, I'd put all that shit out there because people literally just think it's like okay like yay good micah like you put a flute in some kid's hand fucking yeah. great which the biggest problem with not documenting this stuff i said this to dan too in our episode is that like you're gonna get a lot of people who aren't built for this thinking they can start these programs like <laughs> you need to like yeah. show the bullshit yeah not to scare people off but like if motherfuckers think like oh all i need is some money and i can just like stamp this and um you know make this fucking name for a program give this fucking kid with a certain amount of melanin and instrument and like that's all like i need <laughs> really yeah. like like dead ass like like that's all i need to like start this program like i was telling dan i was like yo like why so orchids um i don't know if it's like it was an annual thing but i was a part of a couple of them where they would bring on like like uh uh fucking uh program leaders from other programs oh and yeah like to host, visit yeah. yeah yeah like and like host like a you know like show like, them how to do yeah, it or whatever basically like a fucking like like, like one it's of those, a dog and pony show yeah it's like but like a pamphlet saying like here's like how like you start your own yeah, thing yeah. these pamphlets look like <laughs> like Hawaii trips you see like a fucking <laughs> motel or something it's like you know, but it's like, here's how you start a program. Yes, you get yes, funding yes, this, you take care of space, yes, you do yes. this. And it's like, yo, like, how come in this pamphlet we're not talking about, like, the hours of bullshit that must be sifted through on a daily fucking yes. basis? Like, you're, like, these people are, like, walking away convinced that, like, I just need to handle logistics. Right. To handle a program in where you are responsible for lives. Can I bitch right now for Absolutely. a second? So, like... Harmony Project is a, I mean, in most cases, is a free program. Well, it is free to mm -hmm. the kids, right? Mm -hmm. Totally free. But what, like, what irritates the shit out of me, if mm -hmm. I may vent, and then yeah. hopefully someone will listen to this and then I've been change, venting the whole time. Is that, like, it's so hard for us to find a space. Yeah. Like, I mean, we get kicked out of spaces. They say, you know, oh, we messed up the bathrooms or, you know, it's just like, it's so, I'm like, I'm giving you 
a program that is probably worth two to $300,000 for your community, mm-hmm. for your fucking school. Mm-hmm. And you're going to charge me bullshit, like $31 for custodial overtime and yeah. for toilet paper. And yeah. like, and I mean, and I get that because the schools have their own issues, but like, dude, work yeah. with me. Yeah. I mean, it's been impossible mm-hmm. to find space. And it's like, it just, I don't take no for an answer. And I think that's what they should put in the fucking pamphlet yeah. is yeah. like, don't take no for an answer. Yeah. Like, keep pushing, keep yeah. pushing, keep pushing. And I have kept pushing to the point that I've been kicked out of places, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. then you're just like, because you can't kill it. You're like, hey, guys, okay, parents, we don't have a place to be. Let's go in the fucking parking lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, I just like it, that will to do it no matter what, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember that I have a mentor who said to me, it's like never going to be easy working with um, you know, low income schools or, you know, the schools where nobody wants, you know, you're always going to, it's always going to be a fight Mm -hmm. and you have to be ready for that. Mm -hmm. And I think that helped me because I have been, and I'm just like, no, we're not leaving. No, let's figure this out. I mean, and if you can throw money at the problem and that usually fixes it, Mm -hmm. but it's just like infuriating to me that I can't, that nobody wants Mm -hmm. us to be in their space. And the the throwing money at the the um, <laughs> problem that takes you, money out of the hands of kids. You know, yeah. I'm spending fifty thousand dollars to yeah. rent your fucking bullshit yeah. shitty school. Yeah, that means fifty kids are not getting a tuba or yeah. whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, you're right. No one, needs, no one needs another tuba. I just needed to. Vent. I know. No, we do. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, no. It's it's uh because you have to get the program to a certain point to even have that luxury. Like you only hear about the programs that like successfully grew and made it like like there's a lot of programs that like people have tried to start and didn't even like get off the fucking ground in the sense that like you have to get to a certain level where you can throw money out of pro- at the problem because right. starting off you can't you don't delegate have any money yeah. yeah and you can't delegate any responsibility you're like begging people to let yeah. you use your space so yeah that just like my my advice to you people listening out there please let people use your space man like mm-hmm. It's really, it's, it's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. No one's using it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just let them, let them use it. It's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it's, okay. I mean, I, 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 and I, I get it though. I get it. And it's weird because like, they'll like fight for it. Like it's like their own fucking money. It's like, yo, like this is coming from like a city or a state. Like, why do you like personally give a fuck so much about this? So it's like, you, you it's like, we're asking like the principal for like their salary or some shit. Yeah, it's like, what the totally. fuck? Like, <laughs> Like, just let us use the space. Like, I'm sorry. I thought you wanted to serve the community. You're yeah. principal of a school. And, and I'm, like, giving you this program. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just, oh, it's yeah. so frustrating. But, uh, hey, you know, um, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> what, what, what's her, yeah. Seriously. Seriously. And that that's a whole, I mean, like, fuck, there's not enough podcast or not, not enough time to, to even talk about just, like, the fucked up shit with K through 12 in general. But, <laughs> Definitely try, especially, be, so, like, K through 12, it, it, it's, like, um, doing what, like, like they need to do, like, outside of all the extracurriculars is, like, already tough enough. So, they're, yeah. like, trying to, like, add to their plate in any way. Right. It's overwhelming. Yeah. I get that. That's gotta be fucking. I get that. Yeah. But, however, let's say, like, what's the school's problem? You need to increase reading scores? Okay. Guess what? Music could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to, to improve their math scores. Guess what? Music could do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like thinking outside the box instead of the, all this bullshit, like intervention mm-hmm. and, you know, all these yeah. like programs they have. I'm like, okay, what is the issue that the school's having? Mm-hmm. Music can solve that issue. I promise you. I promise yeah. you. And any, pretty much any issue. And it goes back to um, 
why there's some benefit like in a performance like you don't want like prince mid song like between every song being like okay so like here's how we did this like uh so and so was like you know holding down that like dotted eighth rhythm and i was like 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 you don't you, there are aspects of like music where like you still want it to feel magical but like in this sense yeah. when it when you just tell a non-artist or not like let's say non-artist music will help like math and yeah. reading yeah they literally like they're literally seeing like 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 when they hear that they're thinking of like like talking fucking animals in a disney movie kind of magic where it's like oh like you just like believe that and it's like like that those are the those are the moments where like we we have to like demystify music and be yeah. like hey like here's like the mm. science behind that like like i'm not just some like asshole telling you that like if a kid yeah. picks up an oboe things are just gonna get better like right, i'm right, right, i'm right, telling you right. this with like fucking support and evidence because like i think what a regular person just hearing that they're like hmm show me how like some kid playing guitar helps their math scores because like i the one of the um mm. there are people who naturally can connect the dots to things yeah. But, like, the curse is realizing that there are people who literally take information and don't connect it with anything. I would yeah. say most people, like, um, if, uh, uh, um, I don't know. If, okay, let's say we were outside, like, you know, you and I are, like, kids or something, and, like, I go to the bathroom in the house, and then when I come back outside, you have, like, ice cream in your hand. And, like, I look at you, and you're like, okay. Micah now has ice cream in her hand, but like I don't connect the dot that that means that the ice cream man must have come while I was upstairs in the bathroom. Like that might seem obvious to people who just connect the dot. Like 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 someone yeah, who like yeah, naturally yeah. thinks like they're like, oh, he just came, which means this happened, which means oh, uh, Christina across the street who usually comes outside, who like I always want an excuse to talk to. I missed that, and it's like. <laughs> You could you all those dots like there are people like that and the, but then there's just people who like would come out see the ice cream in your hand and be like Micah now has ice cream in your hand and Boom, I don't the stop just the, the the thought just stops right there oh I was gonna say and I oh, don't and, and, and you don't right and I don't right but like 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 they wouldn't like like my point is like 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 um if you are good at business you are probably naturally good at connecting the dots mm. especially if you're like hopefully good at like connecting the dots but like when explaining people to shit i'm realizing that like you cannot assume that people see the mm. connection of this thing to the goal you literally cannot yeah that's a good point people will like everything most people like things are information is isolated it's like you know because there's a song out of like a b c d e like we that's like now like a part of culture that like okay that is like a part of like many alphabets but if you like just said it it, it wouldn't be like this thing where it's like oh like he didn't finish like for most people it would just be like oh those letters that they said mm. boom it just stops right there anyway i want to take this and take it a little bit further yeah. this is one of the topics i wanted yeah. to discuss yeah. that i'm I'm, I guess I'm I'm venting about all my. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. This is what this, this is what. This okay, is for. so so we started a a board mm -hmm. with the sheriffs in Compton. Mm -hmm. Okay, they have this youth activities league. All the sh all the sheriff's departments are. I think there's like 17 of them that have these like, you know, leagues for kids. Mm -hmm. Basically, giving them something to do. It's it's a it's community policing. It's giving them something to do, you know, after school, a safe place. You know, they get tutoring. They get 
all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And like I, I, so we started this board. I sit on it. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Okay. And I feel like people were like, well, we shouldn't be working with the cops. You shouldn't be working with the cops. The cops are racist. And I'm just like, why would you take the entire thing and throw, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater? Like yeah. this is what I'm talking about. Like, think about it. Think yeah. about it. Use your fucking brain. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, first of all, my friend, Daryl Harkless, I love you. He runs this, 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 this place. He's a black man from Compton who wants to make his community a better place. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's his entire MO. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and so I like when people are like, you shouldn't be working with that. I was like, fuck you. Yeah. This is my friend. Yeah. There's like two to three hundred people in, you know, kids in Compton who have these opportunities. They have a place to go. They have a safe place. Like he's a cool cop. They get to meet cops, you know, like why? Why right now is it either or, you know, and kind of going back now and going all the way back to our original mm -hmm. conversation where it's like either you want to get in my pants mm -hmm. or you want to help mm -hmm. me with my music. no. It's not either mm -hmm. or. We've got to be smarter about this, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. It's not black and white. It's both. It's all things. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's messy. And at the same time, like, there are people, there are black people, there's white people who are trying to do good in the community. And I just, that just triggered me in a way. I mean, that led to, I think, wanting to leave because mm -hmm. it was just like, we can't just throw everything into one basket, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I just feel like this whole cancel culture and like, Everything that's happening right now, it's just like, use your brain, dude. Yeah. Use your brain, okay? There's, yeah. This is not right. We're going to continue yeah. to work in this community. There's 200 kids who need us. Like, why? Are, we're just going to turn our backs on them because the cops are racist? Yeah, yeah. Um, Allegedly? Even, honestly, <laughs> even taking it even out of this, like, specific issue, um, being a, a leader is, this is where, like, being a leader is tough because, like, I mean, you have people who, like, you've always known are, like, will disagree with what you're doing or whatever. But then, like, when people that are, like, on your side are also coming at you. Yeah. Those are the moments where, as a leader, there are going to be moments where you're just flat out wrong. But then there's also going to be ones where it's just like, yeah, like, I'm in this position for a reason. And, like fuck it, I'm just going to try out this thing. I don't give a fuck if, like, everyone under me is, like, whatever. Because it's so easy. It's so easy to... Because you would have to live with the outcome regardless of what you choose. But it's very easy for me to just, like, give you my, like, opinion in some, like, passionate way and then, like, fucking walk away from it. <laughs> I don't have to deal with that shit. Right. I just get to fucking bitch at you or praise you. But yeah. I, don't get to, I don't have to deal with it. So, yeah. um, that being said, like... Um, in 2021, I've kind of, I feel like if both, if both the like extreme left and right disagree with you, you're probably right. <laughs> whatever, whatever you're doing, if like both sides disagree, <laughs> you're probably right. Okay. That's the key. I have to think about that. Yeah. Like the, like the opinions I've had where like both people on the right and left have been like, oh, like that, fuck you. Like that's wrong. I, and then like, they'll like work out or whatever. I'll be like, oh, okay, right. Because like. It's it's uh, the middle the middle ground of most opinions, most stuff. The social stuff, the left pretty much has it, you know, tied down in terms of just like accepting this group of people and this and that for sure. No way around that. But then like in terms the cop stuff, man, um, 
So if you're saying the cops are racist, you, you like you got to ask the person is is what you're saying um, things that you have seen on like an international level through social media or like, are we talking about like this precinct here in this community specifically nine times out of ten? It's going to be like, well, I saw this thing that happened however many miles countries, states away from me. And like, I'm seeing like the most extreme example of an injustice, which is like shaping my opinion of like my neighbor. Mm-hmm. And this isn't even just about cops. This is yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, this, this is just goes for fucking anything. Like there's um, so many things, so many types of people and things that like we have not even personally encountered that we have like large opinions on. Yeah. And like, so, so it's not just cops, but like it, it is, uh, it's one of those moments where you have to have the emotional intelligence to understand that like you might have a view on something that is a problem on a larger scale, but also be able to isolate the problems within your own actual community mm-hmm. and see if like those people specifically are people you can have a productive conversation or interaction with. Like you that that's tough because like does that precinct does the minnesota precinct that killed george floyd like are, do you, do is it right to copy and paste that same judgment on this specific group of people that you're trying to work with like i'm and i'm literally asking like i don't that's up to you that's like literally everyone listening that's your opinion but i would say in your situation specifically um looking at the actual record and history of these specific people that you're working with is probably the best way to move forward. To just say this blanket statement, cops are racist, cops are right, bad. Right. You're as a leader, that's going to be a tough decision, but it's like, you got like, like, do they have a history of, of doing community stuff? Uh, do they have a history of, uh, treating people poorly uh, that are in custody or whatever? Do they have a, were they recently involved in something where they uh, mishandled? So, like, like doing your own research on your own specific communities thing is like that. That's the right thing to do in that scenario. Yeah. Use your brain. Yeah. Use but, your right. brain. But, but again, but like, it's tough. Like, like I said all that just because it is tough for people to understand the position that the person who actually has to make the decision is in. Like, yeah, they're not thinking, okay, there's 200 kids now who are not going to have after school programming and hot meals and a safe place to be. They're not thinking that. Yeah. They're not thinking of the actual consequences of their actions or their decisions. And, and, and maybe as a leader, I mean, you're thinking about that and, and, and I, I just, I don't know. It's just so hard now to talk about anything. And like, I just want to be able to like. If I had a problem with something you did and I would hope that you would do the same, mm-hmm. I would fucking tell you. Yeah, I'd be like, absolutely. oh, so you know what? I didn't really like that. And this is why. And I want you to know I love you. And that's why I'm taking this time to tell you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas instead of just shaming people and be like, you know, you didn't do this and yeah. you didn't, you need to do this and you need, you know, that is a thing that I've seen in the last year that's the most upsetting. And I'm yeah. getting a little emotional about it because I just feel like we can't shame mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. and we've got to be able to have conversations. How yeah. else are we going to learn? Yeah. You know, if you're some white dude that lives in Iowa, how are you ever supposed to know about some 
kid from Baltimore that plays the tuba. Yeah, yeah. You know, unless you fucking talk to yeah. each other. Which, by the way, like, I don't think either of us are saying that, like, someone did some fucked up shit <laughs> and they, like, deserve to be treated innocently or whatever. Like, we're, we're literally just, Correct. we're literally talking Correct. about, like, yes. people we do not know and, right. like, not assuming their intentions. That, Correct. like, like, like. There's a big fucking difference. We're not talking about like people who have actually done fucked up shit and then just being like, oh, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. Like it won't happen again. Like they're just right, right, right. literal no, no, no. fucking certain, strangers. Yes, yeah. Yes. Um, in the same way that like I wouldn't want someone to look at me as a black person and be like, this is what this person is about. Right. I'm just not going to do the same thing to a person. Like I have in a, like a large scale opinion on cops, but like if I get stopped at like a light, I'm like dealing with this dude and only this dude right now. No, it's fucking scary. Like, 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 like it, it, it is, it is scary, scary because you have, you have all those, like all the videos and shit that you've seen. That's of course guiding like where this interaction might go. Mm-hmm. But in the moment I have to like, remember like I'm dealing with this guy mm-hmm. right now. Let me just like be chill. Let me be calm. And like, not give him the benefit of the doubt that he's just trying to do good police work, blah, 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 way past that. Right, but at right, the same right. time, like, I'm not about to go in there with, like, some, like, crazy energy being like, yo, like, are you going to, like, do this thing to me that, like, happened, like, X amount of miles away, like, cops and people I've never fucking met. Like, I'm, there's a middle ground between, like, being skeptical, but also not, like, expecting shit to go poorly. And then, like, allowing that energy to, like, make you do some crazy shit. You well, know what I mean? Let's go back to your institution yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, we're talking about an institution, not people. And I guess what I'm trying to say is like, forget the institution, talk to the people, Right. you know, right. Like just talk to people. Yeah, like yeah. you might be fucking surprised at what you might yeah. hear. And if we don't love one another enough to have those conversations, like that's what's happening right now. I feel yeah. like, yeah. like I just want to hold your hand and be like, Hey man, here, give me your hand right now. Yeah. I'm yeah. serious. Oh. Like, give me your hand. Cause I just want to tell you, like, I'm going to tell you, yeah. you know, because yeah. I love you and I care about you. Yeah. I'm not just going to shun you just yeah. cause. Yeah. It's, it's, um, uh, your hands are very soft by the oh, way. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> not in a bad way. And not that in a bad is, no, no, that is uh, dove men's lotion. <laughs> yep. Stay soft ladies and gentlemen. No, but Jesus. Uh, but <laughs> You have look. You you're you're making you're making good points. Again, this is not a popular opinion. I I, I, I know that's I, what, this this is why when you yeah. first said her, there are things we shouldn't talk oh, about, yeah. and the things that I was like thinking about. I want to talk yeah. about using yeah. your brain and just thinking about people and caring about people and yeah. being empathetic. Yeah. It 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 um um. My opinion is that like. I always want my desire to learn to be greater than my desire to be right. Mm. And if I keep that in mind, then I'll actually try to understand something for what it is and not like what I feel about it. It, Those feelings, those Mm. gut decisions, those gut, they're very important to listen to because like they're happening for a reason. Yeah. But kind of like what we were saying earlier, like don't confirm your own theories. They're theories. Right. Like right, don't, right, 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 right. But don't like, you cannot like put a stamp of approval on like your own predictions with like not, 
it, it's a it's a tough line to to cross because I think both you and I agree that people cops who uh, do fucked up shit or have a history of doing fucked up shit should not be given the benefit of the doubt. They shouldn't be doing this. But it's like, if you did your homework on this specific precinct and not, and we have internet in terms of like literally every case is like online and nothing came up, like no things about like brutality or this or the um, some like uniquely fucked up presence in the community that this precinct has. And maybe they even have a history of doing like events that involve like, you know, organizations in the community or whatever. I'd say, fuck it, do something with them. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Like, it's, especially if that um, outcome is greater for the kids yeah. in the end run and that whether it's like more money or more this or more yes. that. Um, it is probably better to do that if you then do your research and like realize like okay this would do more good for this specific group of people like you're not like you're not out here like at like court like being asked like should you bring in every cop in the fucking world (laughs) to do this thing like let's just deal with this specific fucking like to for me to i'd like to conclude my point by like saying that I have realized in, 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 in this is not just like the cop to civilian dynamic and all other things like national stories are shaping people's opinions on like their next door neighbors. And that to me is fucked up. It's mm-hmm. weird. It's like if I read shit about like white people in general and like my next door neighbor is white and like maybe the story is like from Arizona, New Hampshire, or whatever. <laughs> but like I'm in L.A. and my like, neighbor is white and I'm like taking the worst stories around the nation and like using that to judge my neighbor yeah i'm probably not gonna have yeah it's it's but again it's like the the skepticism is deserved like we understand the history behind uh police brutality and this and that like the skepticism deserved like i'm not even saying a benefit of the doubt is deserved right right, but automatically labeling someone as like the enemy it's literally not even good for you like it's not even it, that that's a door that is closed for you to learn something for you to experience something that might surprise you um or or, or whatever so it's so much less about like like we're specifically focused on like you know cops and like this this specific situation but like literally like long story short it's um There are moments to have broad opinions, and then there are moments where, like, you need to, like, deal with the actual person sitting in front of you. Yeah. That's that's basically what we're saying. Yes. You know? So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't it, sensationalize everything. Yeah. Like, just take it down a notch and talk to the person sitting next to you. Yeah. Yeah. Have a conversation. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. You know? And especially because you realize that this package we come in actually has mm-hmm. nothing to do with who we are mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I, honestly i wouldn't even take it I, I wouldn't even say like you have to have a conversation i would honest i would really just say like just be like, kind yeah like, like, love like, and... like yeah like like there's no there's no need for like a hateful interaction there's no need for a positive one either right there's probably just like no need for like shit to be started from any end from any end this is not like a 
you know, like like a lot like 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 I feel like it's always either positive or negative, and like you I, you you want shit to just a lot of times, man, you just want shit to be neutral. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like like it doesn't have to be yeah, either or. Yeah. Like let's let's be smart enough, and you said emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Let's have emotional intelligence enough to realize that like things are complicated, yeah. Yeah. and it's not either or. Yeah, and sometimes it's both, and sometimes it's just you know like let's just. Let's be smarter, guys. Yeah. yeah. Like Let's I, be smarter. I, I don't per- be stupid. Right. Right. I know, like, I, I personally don't hold grudges, not because, like, the other person. I, I, I hold, like, I personally don't hold grudges because, like, they, they destroy me, too. Like, yeah. like. It eats you up yeah, more than yeah, it eats them yeah. up. Yeah, so, like, like it's, not even, <laughs> it's not even, like, for the other person. It's just, like, hate in my heart like fucks eats, with yeah. me too up, yeah. so like this is for me like i don't want to fucking like walk around like viewing like certain things like as automatically negative because like that that's fucking bad for me too so anyway how did how did that conclude with harmony project your decision like what 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 did you end up doing we're gonna have to cut this out because i don't know yet. yeah yeah i don't know yet okay. but what but what what i did was mm-hmm. we started a, a non-profit board mm-hmm for for this particular space Mm -hmm. you know and it's it's basically it's a black man two latinos two whites a korean dude uh i'm forgetting somebody and a black woman sounds so two women so a white woman and a black woman you know i mean it's just like it's it's beautifully diverse and what i would say about this group of people is that nobody is what they appear to be Mm. nobody damn you know like mm. like the Korean dude, mm-hmm. he grew up and or he came to the U.S. and lived in the Midwest. If if you're talking to him, you're like wow. you're like a dude from the Midwest, yeah. but you look Korean. Yeah, you know. So it's yeah. just that that's been the thing to me. It's like we this is the package we're in, and that does not define mm-hmm. our entire experience. You yeah. know, like yeah. I mean, like uh, the thing that I love is like yo empiezo a hablar en español y la gente estamos así como que what? You know, they don't know what to do. They're like yeah. what? Yeah. And I was like, no, no, I have I'm just from Texas. Like if you met my family. You be stunned yeah you know yeah but i feel bicultural and bilingual yeah. you know yeah yeah so i don't know i just yeah i, yeah. I don't know i don't know what's gonna happen yeah. and, 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 <laughs> and i'm like let me let me like i, I should have prefaced all that shit that i said by like also <laughs> like it's also nice to like i 99 percent of the shit that like i i i say like i always just like remind myself like like low key, like I have no fucking idea, like about anything. Yeah. Like like these, like 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 everything I pull or say is like being pulled from like my own experiences. Good. Like therefore, like I don't actually like, but it, I find comfort in knowing that I don't ever like rarely, rarely like how many how many things do we actually say that like we are like fucking certain of. No, I'm not certain very, of anything. Very few. I'm not yeah. certain of anything. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm always like, I always have to preface it with, with like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. My yeah. experience has been this, but I could be totally fucking wrong. Yeah, yeah. you know. So I, yeah, I've had, I've had, um, I've had positive and negative experiences with groups of people that, um, I would have believed to only have negative experiences with had I only paid attention to, like, the most extreme mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. examples of that, like, experience or yeah. dynamic. And and I don't think this is profound. I think it, <laughs> 90, like, everyone listening, it can, like, also agree that, like, um, 
it 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 your our most of us are lucky enough to say that like in our day to day it's actually like quite fucking dull and like boring in the sense that like you're probably not living like a national headline news story <laughs> you're probably you're probably not you're very lucky to say that cuz most of them are terrible news yeah you know so that being said it's like you know fuck it the person right next to you Probably, you guys are probably not a headline news combination. Pro- probably not. <laughs> probably not. But maybe not. that's the problem. We should make them the headline news. Yeah. Because we, we yeah. only do the extremes, yeah. the things that get people like so riled yeah. up. Like, I just want to, yeah. maybe this is Facebook, but I just want to see, what did you have for breakfast? I just want to mm-hmm. see your mm-hmm. little morning dance routine, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, give me yeah. a little, like, story on that, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. that's the shit that, like... It's just the almost the mundane, yeah. you know. Dude, we should we should uh make a, a news network. Um, That's just like it's like only, but it, they're it, they're because they're so positive, they're super fucking boring. I know. So it's like, it's I know. Like a, it's like you need the drama. Yeah, yeah. No, like breaking news, like a a, a black man and a and a white guy got along today. Yeah, like that's it. That's like the whole. Yes, fucking that's the whole thing. fucking story. Yeah, and that's like like like. Dude, let's do it. Like a good news. I think network. this should be your your podcast. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Because because for me, I love talking shit just as much as everybody. Everybody else. loves talking Everyone shit. Loves but that's what I'm saying. Shit. Let's let's make it positive. And I know it's kind of boring, but I think we could do this. Yeah, I think oh, we yeah. Could, like, I think talk we could about do like, this. like like stories that that make people, but not in the way that like when it has been done, it's been done to like counter the negative stuff. Yeah, and usually it, it's yeah. bullshit. Yeah, you know? like, like, like I see. Not, po- I have to say, I see positive shit on TV, and I'm like, yeah, oh god, yeah. because like there, it's this so is like the photo eyebrow bullshit, yeah. and it's like no, it's not like being done to like counter. <clears throat> the, it's like it more so. It's like a mix. It's like here's this fucking awful thing that happened today. Here's this like decent thing. Like here's like something where like okay, because they usually like like news networks like usually leave like the f- faith in humanity restored stories like towards like the end of the segment. Like, yeah, it's like one yeah. little thing. Yeah. I remember like watching Brian <laughs> Williams. He would be on like the six thirty to seven uh, Eastern time slot on NBC, and like first ten minutes is like this soldier died in Iraq. And then the next 10 minutes is like, everyone's losing their jobs. And then like the next like (laughs) nine minutes is like, um, so-and-so like slept with so-and-so and and, like this ruined this thing. But then like that last minute is like a fifth grader rescued a cat that was like drowning or something. (laughs) Like they save it for like that last fucking 60 seconds, like positivity. Not even 60. You know why? I have a theory like the theme song for NBC specifically like is so positive that like if they ended on like a uh, um, (laughs) negative note, it wouldn't like make sense. It'd be like, and he died. Like it wouldn't make sense. It's like you have to handle the positive because like the music doesn't like align with like the yeah. So but but yeah, we'll 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 make our like good news network where it's like annoyingly positive. Yeah, but but not in a boring way. Yeah, like yeah. it's got to. I'm gonna think about this because I'm actually like, it's funny because my boyfriend, shout out Joy De Leon, yeah. he'll be like you are so critical and judgmental of everything on TV. Like, he's just like, can you just watch it without like making a judgment call? And like, actually I can't No, but you know, like, (laughs) yeah, no, it's designed to, I'm going to think about this because I think there could be like something really cool where you take like, okay, you take like what's in the news and then you flip it. Not Mm -hmm. that it's like the, not that it's like the contrary, but it's just like, 
What you were saying, okay. So a black man and a white woman went door to door in Santa Monica trying to collect donations for their block party. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like something like, <laughs> uh, like just, the, just I don't know. Yeah. People aren't expecting. Yeah, yeah. You know, those, it's like, gotta be like, like unexpected. You, you know how they they do like the the scenes like like when they get like like it'll it'll be like the person in the the uh, <laughs> studio or whatever, and then it'll be like mm, now we're going to Bob who's like at the scene. But then, like, the first shot is, like, yes, this black person and white person were getting along. And it's, like, that, like, you know, like, they do, like, the fake shots of, like, yes. it's like oh, just, like, walk down, like, this yeah, thing just, for 30 yeah, seconds and, like, like, pretend like yeah, you're talking. Yes. But, like, like, it, like, straight, like, cuts to, like, a black dude and a white dude, like, sharing, like, mozzarella sticks at an Applebee's. And that's, like, the whole fucking thing. That's just the whole segment. It's just, like, yo, like, can you pass the ketchup? Like, yeah. And, like, that's, but see, like, that's like, what I'm talking segment. about. I want that because I feel like we sensationalize everything and it's, like, we're we're, we're feeding fuel into the fire. No. Yeah. You know what? We went to Applebee's. We mm-hmm. shared some mozzarella sticks. Yeah. That's fucking, news. That's news. That's, like, the top story. Breaking news. <laughs> Black yes. people and white people yeah. get along. Get along. Like most of the time. Most like, of the time. Most of right. the time. But again, like we'd have to do it in that way where it's like not discounting like the, the problems on like, like Correct. that are like, like yes. there's being still, very yeah, like honest about very it. much still racism, yeah. systemic racism, microaggressions, blah blah blah. But it's like <laughs> like but like it, it's only gotta like be there just to not make people like be like, oh, I only want to focus on the good news, just to like literally make sure like people like aren't going to bed like pissed the fuck off yeah. at like all the negativity. Like I have like I have like yeah friends that like like they get like depressed after reading like the worst stories that have happened like around the world, and like it affects them. Deeply. That's how because, I am. Because That's they, how I am. But they, because yeah. like they truly believe that like that is like happening like right around them. Mm-hmm. Like it's internalized in a way where it's like I'm like dead ass. Like I'm totally fucking scared that like this like scenario is gonna like happen to like me right now. And I'm not even saying like that's like a um, insane fear to have. It's just that like it's 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 not that like you shouldn't be weary of like this thing that just happened but when you've like internalized and convinced yourself that like it is going to happen that mm-hmm. this terrible thing is going to happen to you mm-hmm. that's where like, like like shit has got like media is like way deeper now in terms of like people's everyday like emotions like yeah like of course it should have said like like if i see uh um um this black person was killed yeah um, it, it should cop, outrage it you it absolutely yes. should piss you off should but like like if i like go on like this thing and like some like random white dudes there and then like i'm just like yo like you know like i like like just take it out on like the closest person near me yeah that's where and i i don't think like it's not super super common but that's where like in terms of the mental health of like how mm. these stories are like fed mm. to us, yes, it impacts yes, people yes. deeply. So it's funny. I get the I get the New York Times every Sunday. It's like my thing. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna bring it in. I was bringing it in. Mm. I was gonna bring it in because I wanted to like just pick something out, you know, and just kind of like discuss it. And, and the thing is that when I because I stopped watching the news because it was making me angry. To your point. Yep. 
Oh, I thought that was you. Like, not. Oh, what, no. what is that? Someone's hammering? No idea. Anyway. Uh, yeah, fuck it. Anyway, my point is that, like, whenever I read a story, it just mm-hmm. brings up more questions. Mm-hmm. And, like, you never get those questions mm-hmm. answered. Like, like even in, in, the, in the news articles, it's, like, very black and white. Mm-hmm. This happened and this happened. And I want to be like, well, what was happening before? What kind of mood was that person mm-hmm. in? What happened to that person earlier that morning that made them, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just, yeah. I just feel like, it leaves more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, um, uh, it's a business. Reporting the news is a business. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. How the fuck else are they gonna like get you to click on shit or yeah. like, stay on the channel? Like, it's not gonna be like, uh, f- you know, breaking news. Like today, for the most part, was like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. But and, don't you, you know, feel? Like, don't you feel like in your personal life you have some breaking news every day? I feel like Absolutely. I do. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Breaking news: Your B flat major scale sounded beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Or for me, it's like fuck the E flat, still a little flat when I like get up there. But yeah, <laughs> that's I, we, let, let's do it. Yeah, no, we'll 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 we'll, we'll have we need like a, a name like um like even, what's the name of your podcast? A song called Life. Yeah, I mean that's the name of it. <laughs> song called Life. News network. Okay. Cool. Cool. I'm gonna Song do some like, like coaching on like how to like you know create like multiple breaking divisions. News. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it'll start off with like really intense music. Like thinking like oh man like something just like blew up. No like like we'll like like okay this is it's kind of funny it's dark but like go to like a mall and be like we're here at a mall where like no one shot it up today. Thank God. Oh, Boom. I was thinking. Well, I, I was thinking more of like. I was thinking more of like <laughs> Mum Napa uh, Rosé was on sale today yeah. at Vons. Yeah, dude, why not? No, literally, literally on like the six <laughs> days of the calendar year that a shooting doesn't happen in the United States, like a mass shooting, I'd literally like 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 the whole segment would just be like like the studio, like the new studio, just like vlogging, like the party, just celebrating that like a mass shooting did not happen today. And again, in this country, you get like five days. Is that true? Oh, it's dude, really we, that few. We had a we had a streak of mass shootings, and like it depends on how you define like like it doesn't mean that like the shooter was successful. It just means like an an oh, attempt. Like yeah, every an day attempt. there yeah, is yeah, an yeah, attempt. Yeah, 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 yes, yes, dude. It's like it's it's ooh. awful. It's fucking awful. Yeah, I think I do recall that. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. But like on the days where there's like no attempts or any successful ones, just throw a fucking party. And not only that, let's like take a gun off the street. Yeah. On those days. <laughs> you know, they have those like days where they like collect all the guns. Yeah. I don't really get it. But like basically you can bring your guns in yeah. and like, like let's, let's, I don't know. Yeah. Shit. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. I don't, I don't, I don't want to fuck with gun owners, man. That, that shit. Gun owners are like. I'm afraid of guns and I'm from Texas. Like I'm, I'm afraid of them. They, I just feel like there's so many things that could go wrong, you know, like, Oh yeah. I'm showing you my gun and accidentally I shoot you like that. I just, I don't want, (laughs) I can show you my oboe and like, I can promise you you're not going to die. Yeah. You know, after, (laughs) after having like been around military people and like seeing them around guns, it actually frightens you more when you see like a civilian with a gun because like, they don't know what the fuck uh, they're doing. Dude, they have no you have no training on this idea. shit. Yeah. Like, like maybe, maybe they do. But like, if like, if like 60% of the people who have taught people how to use a gun is like their dad, I'm not trusting that. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Because like, cause it's different. Like, like, 
Because, like, people in the military, like, are trained, like, how to use a gun in an emotional situation, in a high-pressure situation. Yeah, but, yeah. But, like, you've been, like, practicing on beer cans. Yeah. You don't know what the fuck you're going to do when you're, like, in public with a person and an alter- altercation pops off. Like, you know that the, the whole theory, like, um, if you arm the good guys, <laughs> then they'll be able to, you know, take down the bad guys if a mass shooting starts. Like, there, there was a, I forget <laughs> what study it was, but it shows oh that, God. like, yes, 99% of human beings, like, fucking freeze when their life is in danger. Like, you're not going to turn into fucking G.I. Joe, <laughs> like just because you have a gun and if you do that's still frightening yeah, like yeah. that frightens me like, so like much some dude on like the second floor of like a university that like owns a gun <laughs> and there's like a shooting on the seventh is not gonna be like yeah let me like tactfully go up the stairs and like stop this <laughs> because i have a gun like that doesn't fucking happen yeah. like you're gonna run nine times out of ten you're gonna run the fuck away or duck or hide just like every fucking other person can we just like rent guns? Like, why do we need to own them? I honestly, I. I mean, like, maybe you own a pistol or something. Yeah. I mean, I am from Texas. I mean, I don't like guns, but mm-hmm. like, I'm always like with my stepdad. I'm like, you're gonna accidentally kill my mother. Like, this is my biggest fear. Like, someone's gonna come in the middle of the night. She's like going to piss or something, yeah. and you're gonna kill her. Like, you don't need. You maybe a pistol, but yeah. you don't need any of this other shit. Can you just well, rent it? I was, I was, I feel, I feel like guns. Like people saying like guns or no guns i feel like that's made it tougher than being like guns that can kill 50 people in Thank five you. seconds yes you can just rent those or like purse like like handguns <laughs> or like semi-automatic whatever the fuck yeah. but like, like like it's like does a dude you know going back to arby's does like a dude who works what, at what's arby's your obsession with arby's no, it's just that, like, if i want to like use something that's like, and you've very never been random, there you know what there used to be one over here on lincoln i don't know if it's still there oh damn yeah. I have to look it up later. Probably like two more black people moved into the area and they're just Dude, like, Dude, I fucking love Arby's. I'm telling you, my ex-husband from Mexico, he'd be like, yeah. I don't understand Arby's because it's like a bun yeah. and meat. And that's it. Yeah, but because because everyone <laughs> everyone thinks like the sandwiches they make are like the best. So it's like, why the fuck am I making someone else, like paying someone else to make like a roast beef sandwich? Like I'll go to the deli section of any store and just fucking make my own. Like, there's less confidence, like, with burgers. Like, like you, you know, like, you can't, like, make a burger as well as, like, this restaurant. But everyone feels like their, like, sandwich is, like, but no, good. that's not Arby's. A roast beef sandwich. Like, this yeah, roast it's like, beef, it's thinly sliced. Yeah, it tastes yeah. delicious. Mm-hmm. The bun is, you know, toasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone thinks I can do that. Everyone thinks I can do yeah, that. Yeah, but they can't. Uh, yeah. No, and you're, they, you're and right. they don't have Arby's sauce, okay? It's all about <laughs> the fucking sauce and the curly fries. Yeah, I feel like, like, Arby's and Quiznos have always been, like, the, um... What are, what's the term for, like, children that aren't as liked by the parents? There's, like, the favorite and then, like, the... The, the black sheep. The black of, sheep. Like, yeah, the black sheep of, like, the I was going to say the scapegoat. <laughs> yeah. Or a scapegoat. Who knows? Yeah. Well, well, no, because, like, for that... Well, McDonald's is a scapegoat in terms of, like... Like, when you think of, like, fast food and all the problems, you just think of McDonald's. That fucking documentary <laughs> was the worst thing that ever happened. Do you happened. go to McDonald's? No. I see no but do you you eat mcdonald's Um, like when's the last time you had mcdonald's so not mcdonald's specifically (laughs) but every now and then i have like a like fast food is nice thing but it's every now and then but then when i eat it i'm like oh this is why i don't eat it like regularly because i feel like 
I, like, I, like, I feel like, I feel like I like just like, 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 why do I feel like I've been like vaccinated after <laughs> eating a fucking quarter pounder? Like I need to like lay down. First of all, you need to get the two cheeseburger meal instead. Okay. <laughs> but see, see McDonald's is fucking up. Fast food's fucking up in general because their prices. It's are, too cheap. It, no, no, no. It's oh. too close now to like restaurants. Like, oh yeah, dude, like a quarter pounder meal is like nine bucks but like a burger at an actual <laughs> restaurant's like 11 with fries but it's no, like no, you're, no. you're getting but here's too the close thing, when you get to like the dollar menu you're like wait a second but everything's like 225 now oh Nothing's really like there's no dollar menu dollar. anymore there hasn't been a dollar menu since like 2013 <laughs> or some shit 12 maybe i don't even I know i disagree i think there's dollar menus like the fucking taco bell is always coming out with some like new like I don't know. It just disturbs me because it's like you shouldn't be able to make that for a dollar. Like they're probably losing money on that. Oh yeah, but talk about a, taste. You like know, it like was a, a loss lose a loss loser. Yeah. A lo- a, I think that's what's called a loss a loser loss. Anyway, doesn't matter. It's getting to that point. We're, we're kind of like like just bouncing around. But the do you remember the what's the the movie thing? It was like oh, it's called Movie Pass. Do you, do you remember? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but they were losing. Money. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That yo, I fuck. I I wish. I wish it was. I wish it was still a thing. I wish I like got into it while it was a thing because that sounds awesome. Because how about it was like. But now nobody goes to the movies anymore, so it's like. Well, what, yeah. Well, who I mean, cares? Of COVID, but like I I would buy because it, it was like a ten dollar pass. Yeah, and they lost per, like, money on it. Yeah. Month or yeah, yeah, something yeah. to watch like all. No, I thought the it was. A, I thought it was a month. Oh yeah, that's what you just said. It was like yeah, it was like twenty a month or something to like watch as, as many, many movies as you want. Yeah, <laughs> they lost so much money, but um, yeah, no, dude, fast food is weird right now. They're getting they're they're getting too pricey. Like it's okay, too yeah. close to like yeah 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 the yeah, bottom yeah. end yeah. of restaurants. Yeah, yeah. So and then there's still the dollar the two dollar menu. The, the two twenty five menu. Two twenty. I just that bothers me because it's like you shouldn't be, like you shouldn't be able to kill an animal and put it between two slices of bread for a dollar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the way that they handle that shit, like <laughs> it should be even cheaper. That's the fucked up part, man. Oh really? Yeah. Fuck yeah. God, we have to edit this part out. No, I don't, I don't want anyone to hear me talk no, about this. No. What, what do you mean? It's about uh, fast it's about food and, NBA and the like, mishandling of chicken. Lost leader. Shit. That's what it is. Lost leader. Okay. Like they'll have like something that's actually losing money, but oh. as a result, people are buying you know other shit and oh. whatever, so they lose money on that aspect, yeah. but then they're making like a shit ton more yeah. on something else. Okay. Lost leader. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Business school smarts. Oh my god, I'm telling you. Hi. Yeah. Wait, wait. So, so we got okay. We went from cops to the two cheeseburger meal. <laughs> to the number seven now. Wait, to Not the, the number oh, nine. To the, oh, to the number seven to Arby's. To I don't even fucking know. But overall, though, right? Like, how how would you? Um, there's aspects to like your personal journey with. Uh, harmony projects and then like we were saying earlier i think before we recorded where there's also like a fundamental um understanding sometimes where like the direction that like a company or whatever is trying to go into like you just might not be the person to like lead into that thing in your situation though do you think it's like more one of the other or is it like bittersweet because like things could have worked out if this was more open if people were more open-minded on this or that like what what's like the blend i'm gonna tell you a story yeah so this was probably like maybe six or seven like more than five Mm -hmm. years ago 
might have been. I don't know. But we had this this consultant come in. We were doing our strategic planning, blah, blah, blah. And they said, Micah, would you be willing to leave if it was what was best for the organization? Mm. And I remember at the time feeling like, no, no, this is my baby. It was mm. all ego, you mm. know? And I was like, no, I would not. I absolutely would not, you know? And then I got to this point during this pandemic where I was like, you know what? Yes. Yes, I would. Mm. I would. I think that me leaving at this moment is what's best for the organization. And it's definitely what's best for me because I'm unhappy, you know? And so I do think like, I'm kind of a startup girl. You know, I, I know what I can do well. It's very relational. It's very organic. And then an organization or an institution gets to a point where they've got to become something else. You know, you've got to have standards. You've got to have protocols. You've got to, you know, I hate all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. I hate rules. Mm-hmm. I hate all that kind of stuff. And so I finally just admitted to myself, like, okay, that's okay. You know, you are the person that gets it to this point and then you can pass it off to somebody else and they'll take it the next, mm. you know, whatever. Then, mm-hmm. you know, it's a relay, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think it's hard because I think our egos do get caught up in it. And I think it, I, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it was a mistake or not, but I invested every ounce of resource that I had in it. You mm-hmm. know, all my personal relationships, all my professional mm-hmm. relationships, all my musical instruments, all my musical thoughts, all my, you know, it, it was just, it was too all encompassing and it got to a point where I needed to let go yeah. and I feel peace with that. Mm-hmm. And am I sad? Yeah. I go through the whole, uh, the whole range of emotions. Like I'm angry. You know, I was telling you yesterday that I felt like people felt like I was already gone. Yeah. You know, no, I'm here till June 30. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Make some like big fucking changes in like the next couple of no, days. No, I'm not going to <laughs> and I can't, you know, but I just, it ran its course and it was very difficult for me to let go because it mm-hmm. felt like a child. It felt yeah. like this thing. You know, and I think we've got to sometimes, sometimes we hold on to our ego mm-hmm. because it's the only thing that mm-hmm. we have control of. And it's like, we want to fight everything. Mm-hmm. So we've got this ego invested in it. And that's when you should actually like ask yourself, yeah. is this really about me? Yeah. Or is it about the, yeah. the organizational life cycle? For uh, people listening in, in terms of numbers, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and it didn't say which year the... Uh, end result, like, and who, who knows, it's m- maybe more than this, but I believe you came into Harmony Project with uh, 250 um, kids and around like two or 300k total, and at some point turned it into around um, 2,500 kids uh, with like uh, three million dollars. And so, in- actually. I mean, yeah. that's what we're at. We're about 2,500 kids, 3.5 million 3. right 5. now. Yeah. But that's post-pandemic. Before mm-hmm. the pandemic, it was like, I think the, our biggest budget was about 5 million. And, you know, we had about 4,000 kids. And mm-hmm. that included LA plus all, you know, wow. these other cities. So, 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 the, the, so 250 kids and around 300K. And then you turn that into about 4,000 kids and somewhere near 5 mil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... You have every right to feel a personal connection but, to... But I want... And, I and, and obviously, it's not just you that made that yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, Obviously, all that. Yeah. But it's like, like... But to have been a part of that ride... Uh, from the top position, for sure. Of course, you were going to create a very deep connection with it beyond like the business aspect. But I just want to push back because I think that that's I've been 
focused on those kinds of outcomes. Mm -hmm. And what I've really been trying to think about lately is like the specific kids that I know, you know, certain kids that, that I've always felt very invested. You know, we had multiple students come work for us. Mm -hmm. Um, that I think that the, the lives looking at how this has impacted people's lives and that's not as easy to talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so much easier to be like, you know, 5 million and 4,000 kids, as opposed to, you know, look at all these kids who went on to college, who played instrument, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's so many kids that I look at that like are so talented and are really successful. And I think without, Mm. without this, they would have never picked up the bass. Mm -hmm. They would have never picked up the tuba, you know, and and those are the, that's the things that I'm taking in my heart as I walk away is that, you know, these, these stories, Mm -hmm. you know, like, all these stories. And I remember like they started, cause we just had our 20th anniversary. So they were asking me like, what stories do you have? And almost all of them were kind of fucked up stories, yeah. but those are the ones that stick mm-hmm. with me. Yeah. It's the ones where it was like, this kid overcame all these yeah. obstacles, you yeah. know, this student went through this and then they still persevered. And mm-hmm. th- that's what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not as sexy and that's not American, you know, American, you need to have outcomes mm-hmm. and you need to have measurable key mm-hmm. performance indicators. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm tired mm-hmm. of that shit. Like what I want is to go back to like those individual stories. Yeah. Um, Dan and I, uh, I was talking uh, about this with him and that uh, people might not understand why like, um, him sweeping the gyms and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, all those things mm-hmm. he couldn't delegate at first might actually personally for and I don't know this like but but it might be a personal uh sweeter moment than with him being acknowledged by uh yep. Michelle Obama in the yes. White House like why yes. like that might be yes the 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 birth of things are always the most special moments Parents yeah. can probably read that. It's like, you know, your kid was like, you know, it's like, oh, man, like, you're here, you know? Yeah. And then, like, you see, like, the 14-year-old, like, fucking snotty-nosed version of them. And it's like, you know, like, like it's... Um, but even if that kid becomes, like, great, like, becomes, like, the most successful, greatest human being... Like you! Like, <laughs> I'll take the compliment. But, like, 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 even if that kid, like, becomes, like, amazing, you you'll still treat like, like you still remember like, you know, holding them in their arms and like seeing like the origin of it all. And it's a blessing to be a part, which most people don't get to experience. They don't get to experience like the early stages of something. Mm -hmm. Like, like most of the time we're working for something that has been like established for a long time. The culture has been established for a while, but like most people do not have the experience of like joining something and having a hand in shaping or changing that culture, especially for the better. It's so cool. So, so I think for people listening, if like, it's like, you know, how can this person have an attachment to like some job? It's not some job. That's kind right. of the point of yeah. what we're saying. It's like, like, um, yeah, yeah. You didn't just like punch in, like you fucking right. changed shit. Yeah. So I get it. I, I get that. I don't get like from your perspective, because I, I I've been a student right. in programs that are in its origin, but like to really be like responsible for like the ship itself, that's that's a different beast. That um, yeah, you know, it, it's 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 tough, and and it, it wouldn't make sense for for you to be leaving this not feeling uh, a mixed bag of emotions. Like it wouldn't yeah. make sense for it to be completely angry or completely happy about it. So um, yeah definitely understand from from that perspective i mean on a on a 
on another note, though, I mean, what is it that you've realized? Um, I know it's only been like a couple of weeks since you've announced it, but I'm sure even before then, as you were getting close to that decision and then till now, like, what have you realized in terms of like other ways that you can like function and serve the world, serve your purpose, the arts and shit? Like, like what, what's next for you? Man? What's going on? I'm not prepared to answer that, <laughs> you know, and yeah. I, I feel like I, I took a leap of faith, yeah. um, without having something else. Obviously it would have been nice to have had something else and then walk into that mm-hmm. and not feel this like anxiety. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of people have said, and I do believe this, like I wasn't going to have the next thing open up until I closed this mm-hmm. door. But that's, that's specifically why I avoided asking like, what's like the next job? Like, like, I just mean like your thoughts, like what, like on a fundamental level, like, like, like where, how do you see yourself fundamentally functioning? Might not know like the organization. I think or this that, or that I will always surround myself with people that I know yeah. who I trust, who, who understand me, who give mm-hmm. me the benefit of the doubt that mm-hmm. we can like duke it out. And then at the end of the day, like hug, yeah. you know, like to have these, have these discussions, but know that everybody's on the same mm-hmm. page and we all mm-hmm. want the same thing. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, mm-hmm. that gives me a, a peace of mind. I mean, I'm very sensitive and I'm mm-hmm. very emotional. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I, I, I did this thing back in um, 2020 called Community Arts Education Leadership Initiative, Kaylee through the National Guild Oof, for Community awful. Arts Education, yeah. I know. <laughs> and what it taught me was that like, you can you can be a leader and mm. you can be authentic to yourself. Yeah. You can be an introvert, you can be an extrovert, mm-hmm. you can be emotional, you can be an artist, You can, but like utilize your strengths. Mm. Don't try to be something mm-hmm. that you're not. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm just trying to be totally authentic to myself and also take care of myself because I feel like you can at times just give and give mm-hmm. and give and mm-hmm. give and give and give until like you're on empty and mm-hmm. I'm on empty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm on empty. That's it's it's really uh, important to acknowledge that um, because by listening to yourself, like you have probably prevented uh things that could lead to like just absolute total fucking breakdowns and chaos. Like, like in that, like many things can like, like little small things can lead to that large event that like no one would see. Mm -hmm. But like, if you just kept going and like, didn't listen to this voice, um, listen to you basically saying like, fuck, like this isn't, uh, uh, right. Who knows like what disaster that could have turned into, um, had you just, because I think most people, um, especially the the higher you go up in any business um, setting, uh, your actions have like weight, like whether you want to mm. continue or leave, like there's like a weight behind both of those decisions. And um, depending on who you are, like you might be like bearing way more on your shoulders than you need to in that situation. And it can like manifest into some fucked up shit. Yes. So good for you in terms of You gotta of like, know when to hold them. Yeah. And know when to fold yep. them. Know when to walk away. <laughs> and know when to run. You never count your money. Boom, 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 when you're sitting boom, at the table, boom, there'll be time boom, enough for counting. Boom. When the dealing's done. I don't know, that wasn't my key. Sorry about that, but <laughs> Oh. That's yes. what that's what a quarter of a million dollar music degree gets you, folks. I know you're very jealous of both of our singing abilities, but, um, but rest assured because yeah. we got something else for y'all. Oh, pfft. 
Oh, we're gonna. You wanna jam a little bit? Yeah. All right. Let me let me uh, make sure these recording settings can handle us real quick. Oh, we're gonna like overload it. Oh hell yeah, yeah. Um, you need to walk down the street <laughs> and just walk down the street, or yeah, and then play. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it doesn't overload the system. Oh yeah, no, no, we're we're good, we're good, we're good. Let's uh um, should we make? Wait, wait. We should try to come up with the theme song for like our good news network. I think this might be it. Wait. Except wait. no, we can't do that because it's probably like copywritten. Oh yeah. Oh fuck. Fuck. Fuck copyright. Hey, you you know like um, have you ever seen that Saturday Night like, skit <laughs> where it's like John Tesh? Bubba bubba ba basketball. Give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. Woo! No, no, I Bubba ba basketball. It's like the NBA song. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we need to come up with something that's like peppy, but then we'll put words to it that it's mm. kind of cheesy. Oh, that NBA one is so fucking good. The, 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 the TNT one is so it's also good. Yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, it's like, um, because the, the percussion's under the yeah. like, boom, 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 boom. It's like, Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. And it's like all my fucking <laughs> memories of that is like LeBron because he yes. went to the finals like 11 years in a row. But anyway, we will, you know, fuck it. We'll work on the theme song. Yeah, we'll off, work on it. Off Offline. Mic. Yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to, um, <laughs> I guess, you know, reveal our, our talents. We yeah, don't want to yeah, like yeah. brag too much on too here, much, guys. Yeah. So this is, we're not doing this for you. Um, but yo. To close this out, though, like yes. what, what, so, you know, we've been talking about um, music uh, and, and that like your, your business has to do with music and education, but I, I love looking at the fundamentals of any situation because that allows people outside of whatever you're talking about to relate. So that being said, being a leader of something, of anything, being a CEO of something or anything, having to walk away from something that you care about. Can you speak on like just a general mindset and like maybe just like some advice you would have for anyone that is in a situation where they have to come to grips with like walking away from that thing is not only better for the the thing you're walking away from and for yourself. Can you give some like advice on just that mental process? <laughs> you mean you can't just like spit that out immediately? Come on. What? Just be authentic to yourself, man. Mm. Be authentic to yourself. Don't try to be something you're not. Mm. Don't try to put some external pressure on who you're supposed to be. Trust yourself. Mm. Trust yourself. Listen to yourself. Listen to your gut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's as good as I'm going to get right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that. I, I can imagine, man, in the business world, if some like business student is, is listening to this, like there, 
There's definitely a look to what people think a CEO Correct. or just a leader is. Yes. Especially like you read these articles where it's like, Bill Gates takes a shit from 6.08 to 6.13 a.m. Oh, is and that then, true? Yeah, yeah. And then it'll, it's like very fucking specific. It's like like these articles that like show that like CEOs are fucking robots and everything right, 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 is right, right, scheduled right, right. like to the second and minute. And I can imagine like some kid in business school or just someone who's planning on going into business thinking that like, they need to um, look a certain way, act a yeah, certain way. Yeah, yeah, be like this cutthroat thing. Um, I was on a, on a similar to this. I was actually talking to someone. Um, I was saying how like L.A. and New York. Um, I think people move to cities like that and convince themselves that like everyone is like cutthroat and fucked up. So then they become that, but like it's happening on like a mass level and where like everyone has become something because they think that is what what, people become. Mm -hmm. And I think I can see those similarities in the business world where it's like, yeah, like I need to like become this like sociopathic, like very uber consistent fucking person that like and like fake this like weird yeah. charisma yes. thing yes yes but like and you can only say yeah, certain things yeah. and you have to look a certain yeah. way and like even now like you know from from being a ceo like i've been applying for jobs and it's like oh is that a step down mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know or this is my best mm-hmm. one like basically what i'm saying is i'm going back to being a musician mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. you know it's like that's kind mm-hmm. of funny and at the same time i'm like yeah, but there's something kind of mm-hmm. like bohemian and and pure about that, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. going back to your roots, even though like, of course, it's like career suicide. Yeah. But yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, you know, to 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 uh, to close this out, I'm going to say something in the, the, the great words of the rapper Rick Ross. Yeah. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's not really a quote, but in an interview, he was saying that he um he like skipped an awards show and like decided to like cut his grass instead. <laughs> and I thought it was just so profound because he was just like, man, you know what? Like I just needed like time to think, remind myself like where I came from, what mm-hmm. I did. And which to give some context, apparently he owns like the largest estate on the East Coast. So it's like, it's a lot of grass cutting. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of fucking grass. This is like a PGA fucking championship amount of grass. And, and he um, cuts it himself. Yeah, like I hope that's yeah. true. No, no, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but like later <laughs> in the interview, he was like, you know, me and my homies, like we, but we all cut nose. And then like the interview was like, oh, <laughs> oh okay, yeah. like how many? Like seventeen homies. Like, <laughs> but I loved like like the meaning behind it. Yeah. And that like he skipped this like big fancy fucking thing. And like why like someone would want to make it and be big at this thing. Like why would you skip this thing that's like honoring you and this and that and like. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I feel like that relates so much to, to what you're saying in that um, literally for you, it is like in your best interest to like, uh, as Drake had put it in a song, he said, um, I want to take it back to when I was that kid in the basement. And like, like no matter like how far up you go, like that kid in you that like had a very, very like honest goal. Yeah. There, like, or it might, it might not even been a kid you. It may have been, like, you earlier no, it was in kid college. Me. No, it was kid me. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly. Yeah, but, like, like the goal was just so honest. Yeah. And so yes, real. Pure. Yeah. And not an institution and yeah. not an organization. Yeah. It was just the the work. Yeah. Yes. Um, anyway, yo. Yo. To people listening, um, today... Be yourself. You, you, yeah. You, what, what did we learn today? We learned... 
about the amazing Micah Miller, we learned that Arby's is still a running and functioning company. And we, delicious. Yeah. Um, TBD. And, Curly fries. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, and they have like a unique sauce. Um, and uh, yeah, whatever. And then like two, the, the, the two cheeseburger <laughs> meal. Fast food is getting too expensive. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, too shitty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Take, take every person you meet. Try to evaluate them for the individual that they are. Yes, please. Um, yes. And uh, unless, like, you know, like, he has, like, a whole KKK outfit on. It's like, okay, fine. Yeah, like, then in that case. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> fuck. But, uh, you know, but, you know, use your, use your, use your gut instinct. <laughs> and then what, what else do we learn? Be yourself. Strive for the best version of you. As corny as all of this shit sounds, man, because there's, like, some people probably listening, like, being like, oh, man, this is some sucker shit like you I know whatever that's corny at all no no but in the in the sense that like it's it's fucked up because like like use your brain yeah that's what i want to say yeah. use your fucking yeah. brain and, and think I, about shit at some point whether it's today or like you on your deathbed at some point that voice in your head like comes out so um don't gotta wait till you're on that deathbed um so and you might not even be fortunate to be there i might fucking end this podcast right now and get hit by a bus there aren't even any buses there's no around buses around here i was about to say that'd be kind of fucked knows? up who knows maybe a bus will just come out like for the per this purpose of just like getting me out of here and proving my point so oh my God. to everyone listening uh micah thank you you're fucking awesome thank you already you, know OC. that um thanks this, for is, this me. was so fun and seriously thank you for just sharing like because to me, I eventually, like, I want to run and own my, if, if this isn't one already, but, like, like run and own my own business someday. And I think the insight on, like, what is necessary when you get to a certain point is something that's really not talked about enough. So, um, yeah, I just appreciate you, like, sharing all this. this is fucking you got great. it. Yeah. I could do this every Sunday. Oh, okay. You heard, <laughs> shit, you heard her. Not, okay. I'll be the co-host on the next one. At there you go. On that note, <laughs> because we got to shit. I'm, I'm racing to the next one. On that note, we're done. Micah, thank you. Uh, everyone listening, thank you. It this stopped. Oh, oh, okay, great, fine. That's, that's fine.